This week's Throwback to Black comes from Peter Jerker. The entrepreneur always searches for change, responds to it, and exploits it as an opportunity. Throwback to Black, Peter Jerker. Now let's start the motherfucking show! What's good, people? We are back, we are back, we are back. What up, what up, what up? It's a new episode on your dog ass, and man, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a goodie. What's up? It's your boy Corey Doseki. What up? It's your boy. I am something else. We back for a new show. What's good, man? How Welcome are back you? Back to the pilot. What's show. up, bro? How you doing? Man, I'm tired, man. I'm tired as shit. It's been a long week. <laughs> yes, it is. At least it's been a long fucking week. Yes, it has, man. You been putting it in that work, huh? Yeah, man. A lot of shit been coming up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get ahead because I got a lot of trips coming up. Right. So I spend a lot of time at work right now. Right, right. A lot of fucking time at work. <laughs> it's going to pay off. Hopefully. Hopefully I don't have to cuss nobody or choke nobody out. You might have to do a little choking. Choking just seems to get people in line. Well, choking, you go to jail. So true, true. I just got to... Uh, hit them with a phone book. Yeah. And leave no bruises. Leave no bruises. You be straight. Unless you hit them hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> the way I'm going, I'm going to knock a bitch out. <laughs> so I don't want to get no violent. Just no catch way. the bitch off guard so they don't know she hit, you hit her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get away with it. <laughs> but yeah, everything with everything, man. Just been working. I ain't done nothing, nothing special, I can believe, but I can, I can remember. Yeah. Uh, just work, man. But yeah, nothing fancy over here. That's what's I'm up. Just planning for the, for the future. I got too many trips planned. And not enough money for it, so I gotta start uh, selling more crack or something. Man, you gotta sell that crack, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever your crack may be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta sell that. You gotta do it. Man, go sell yourself, slut yourself out. You know what I'm saying? You single, no kids. I mean, hey, this is the time of your life. It's summer 17, baby. Yeah, man, but I'm washed up, so I'm not gonna make that much money. Oh, man. You All know. you gotta do is take your Red Bull, it gives you wings. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> It'd be like one day out the week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I will be back next week to uh, make some more money. Yeah, that's not my that's not my lane. Man, these grannies going, man. You know, I, I saw a couple of memes. Yo, don't let love, don't let things stop your love. You know, go fight for it. Go get you an old one that's about to die, no. but still look young. Horrible. <laughs> so what's up with you, man? Ah, the AC unit is finally fixed. No, oh, the saga's over. The saga is over, my dude. The saga is over. I was trying to decide that I wanted to talk about how it ended up breaking and the end of the f- and I got time today cuz or that I want to do it at the beginning of the show. Okay. But uh I'm just going into it cuz it's a saga. We've okay. been talking about this for a month now. You have. So we got to wrap it up. Okay. Okay, so check it. Wrap uh, it up then. I'm gonna wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm wrapping it up. That amigo said, "Wrap it up. Wrap then. it up then." <laughs> uh So as you know, I had the part replaced, and then I was supposed to go buy the other part myself and put it on. 
Or have somebody put it on. Because, you right. know, it's dealing with electricity. I don't fuck with electricity. Right. Fuck that shit. But uh, as the month went on, and I got so busy, I was like, damn, it's getting hotter. These fans going. I really need to try to see what it's going to cost to get this AC unit fixed. It's hot as fuck in Little Rock. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, man, that month, that week five came along. None of my uh, AC people was able to hit me back. So I was like, man, let me look up this YouTube video in this part and see what it's going to take. Yeah. Look that shit up. It looks simple. I'm okay. like, I can do that. Yeah. Replace the part and shit. Uh, went step by step by the video. Uh, went to turn my AC on. Still didn't work. Damn. Like, what kind of shit is that? Dad came through. He's like, oh no, son. You might have to just call them peoples. So I said, fuck it. It's hot. Let me call the peoples. Those wise words right there. Wise words. Wise words. Called the peoples out. He looked at it. He was like, no, you did good. You looked it up right. Pat on my back because you know the electricity. I was scared, but it wasn't my fault that it didn't work. Okay. Come to find out, the piece they put on about a month ago, yeah, it got all the way motherfucking in it. Clogged it up. The connector up wouldn't start. Ants. Ants. Motherfucking ants. Damn. Ants. Took my shit up. So had to go. Uh, so dude replaced it for me. Went in there. Fuse blue. It's like, ain't this a bitch? Mm. If ain't one thing, it's another. It's another. He replaced the fuse. Motherfucker started working, blowing snowballs again, baby. I'm back. <laughs> Won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> I'm so tired of taking multiple showers. I took three showers a day. It got, it got serious. Damn. <laughs> it can't be funky. It can't be sweaty. You just feel all sticky and shit. Like in the country. Hey, man, you ain't going nowhere. Fuck it. Just be sticky. Fuck it. Yeah, but you can't sleep in that. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be fresh when I go to bed. It's like a slide in the sheets. I don't wanna just lay on the sheets. I wanna just slide in that motherfucker like a Jeep. Sleep time. Uh, Nigga, like night, me, night. I be sticky as fuck. Knock the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I watch the sheets tomorrow, nigga. Fuck, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. Fuck all that water, nigga. <laughs> so, finally got that shit fixed, man. He didn't bust my motherfucking head. So, salute. Uh, appreciate you, Chuck. Appreciate you, Brian. Y'all real peoples. Yeah, you got to get the AC ro- working in, in the summertime. Man. You'll, you'll, you'll literally die. You'll literally die. Shout out my friends that stuck it out, still came and visited my ass and kicked it with me. Yeah. Oh, that's love right there. That's love. That's real. Thank you. So, you know, that was that was the uh it was other shit that happened, but that was the most important shit to me. Yeah. You know, so mm, Man, I was uh I was off yesterday, right? Uh-huh. Well, I did a little half a day. So I had the rest of the day, you know, to, to do whatever the fuck I wanna do. Do what the fuck you wanna so do. So my plan was look, I'm gonna take me a little slick nap. Right. Rejuvenate my old ass body. Okay. And and turn up and do some like you know active shit in the world. So I went to sleep around like six thirty, mm-hmm. and then um, I set my alarm for like eight thirty. So eight thirty, good time to turn up. Right, right. You you be good. Yeah. You come out fresh. I come out, get dressed, sun down, do some shit. Right. So I woke up. It was two o'clock in the morning. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I missed the whole fucking day. That's the Waffle House hours. And then my whole body died. No, no. Like my soul was tired, bro. You're doing too much. Yeah, man. So I, I, I guess my body was telling me, nigga, sit the fuck down somewhere. <laughs> sit down. Because, yeah, 8.30 never happened. Yeah, never saw yeah. it. Never saw it. Never saw 8.30 on mm-hmm. my clock. They saw you. Yeah, 2 o'clock in the see. morning. I'm wide the fuck awake. <laughs> <laughs> Would you jump on the game? 
No, man, I was just I was just uh, scrolling social media, man, just you know being petty, yeah, you know, yeah fucking with yeah, people, yeah, yeah, you know, posting a power lunch hour. As, as always, power yeah. lunch is a good thing to post. Yeah, so I was feel uh, free to repost it, people. Yeah, we won't be mad at you at all. At all. At all, I won't. And I'm loving everybody that's posting their T-shirts. That's so dope. I appreciate the love. Yeah, very much so. For real, for real. I'm going to start just uh, you know, posting y'all pictures. I hope y'all know. Like, that's a fan. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to set them pictures out. Yeah, they're getting set out. As long as you know. Telling you now. Uh, what else? That's, that's it? That's it for me, man. I ain't done shit. Already, already. Well, as you already know, as you've seen in the title of this show, we have a very special guest that's going to be joining us later in the show. Very much so. Mr. Fred from Media Takeout, owner extraordinaire, dry cleaning extraordinaire, entrepreneur to the stars. Yeah. Yo, shout out Fred. It was great, great time. Had a great time kicking it with you. I really appreciate it, bro. Man, it that's that's big. That's that's dope, man. I'm very humbled and happy and for it all to come together. So be on the lookout for it. We're gonna get to it later on in the show. Uh this is gonna be the kickoff of our summer series, summer seventeen. We're gonna have a guest every week this summer. So yeah. be on the lookout. We got some great people lined up. Uh, do we want to hint or do we want to just let it be a surprise? It's your world, man. I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Whatever happens, <laughs> happens, man. You know what I'm saying? You're going to listen or no? You're going to listen or no? Yeah. We'll tell you at the end of the show who the next week's guest is going to be. How That'll about work. that? That'll, That'll work. work. Yeah. yeah. That'll so work. you got to be surprised at the end of the show. Now let's listen to the whole fucking show now. Whole fucking show now. Yeah. Hey, if you can guess the uh, actor before in the comments section, I have something else to send you a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm lying. No, you won't. Damn. I saw the post on our uh, SoundCloud. Uh, our African brothers are still on me about this damn t-shirt. You man. need as well as they should be. And, you know, yesterday I, I picked up the package like, I'm going to send these fucking t-shirts. <laughs> And then I read a comment like, "We still waiting for our goddamn T-shirt." Still waiting. You ain't even gonna, you gonna send it out to somebody else. Man, I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> Yo, you know they performing now. They oh. artists, the South Africans. Really? Yeah, they posted some pictures, of, uh, some videos and stuff on Instagram and pictures. They got some dope sounds, man. They get down. I gotta check it out then. Yeah, I, I wish I had my phone quickly in front of me where I can get the name looked up, but it's, it's saved on stories. I'm sorry. I get to you though in the music section. Yeah. Promise. Are we doing the music section? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do something in, in we'll Act get, 3. We'll, we'll combine like the music and all that in Act 3, probably. Right, right, right. Right. We'll, we'll do it like that. Well, turn up, then. Turn up. We'll talk about you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, any other more announcements? Uh, but yes, be on the lookout. All Summer 17, we have special guests. It's going down every week. I'm excited. We booked out all the way to August already, man. That's what's up. Yeah, so it's Niggas dope. fucking with it. Yeah, yeah. Some good peoples. All right. As you know, it's time to get in this fuck news and this petty shit. It's what Yay. we do. Yay! Go Team Venture. <laughs> team Venture. <laughs> you know, it's my show, you know. Late night cartoons back in the day. Okay. <laughs> Venture Brothers. It's your world. It's your world. <laughs> X-Men. Yeah. But funny. <laughs> All right, uh, we talked about him recently. Let's get back into it. Philando Castile, um, the Minnesota officer who was cleared of all charges in last year's shooting death of black motorist Philando Castile, no longer works for the Santa 
St. Anthony Police Department officials announced Monday following his removal from the department. Geronimo Yancey will receive $48,500 according to details of the separation agreement reported by the Sun Tribune. Additionally, Yancey will be paid for up to 600 hours of unused personal leave pay at the time of the shooting. Yancey was earning more than $72,000 a year exhibiting overtime pay documents showed according to the Associated Press. Hmm. Uh, on the city officials' website, a statement posted Monday said the agreement ends all employment rights of Yancey for St. Anthony, adding that this is the latest development brings to a close one part of his horrible trash of this horrible tragedy. The city concluded that the city concluded this was the most thoughtful way to move forward and help the community-wide healing process proceed. How, Sway? How? How pay this motherfucker forty eight thousand dollars and give him all this damn sick leave and shit helping the community? One more. Okay. The Tribune noted that the five year agreement also forever releases Saint Anthony from all liability and damages from all claims by Yancey's by Yancey over Castile's death, adding that the former officer has fifteen days to receive it at will as well. So basically, they can't fuck with him no more. Can't fuck with him. Nobody can sue you. Free of all charges. I'm done. And I get paid. And they get paid. Well, look at that privilege just floating all over. Look at all that little privilege. Look at all that privilege just floating all over. I don't know. His name Geronimo Yancey, but he must have been a good old boy. Man, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's That's some fuck shit. Yeah, just like the toast chick got thirty thousand for shooting a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like houseway. How? How? How is that healing the community? How is that a come up? Tell me how is that a come up? And they wrote a story like this is a great story. They're like you know, I can't wait to you know, it's it's done. We're gonna we're gonna bear the hatchet on this, and it's finally gonna be over. It's gonna heal the community. It's gonna make Everyone's gonna better. heal. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck. Get the fuck. Complete fuck out of here. Yeah. Got some more follow-up fucked-up news. Uh, white cop who defensively shot daughter's unknown black boyfriend when he reached out to shake his hand has his third mistrial. Third. Third. On Friday, a deadlock jury resulted in the third mistrial in the murder case of of a white former Oklahoma police officer accused of killing his daughter's black boyfriend. Judge Sharon Holmes declared the mistrial in the case of former Tulsa police officer Shannon Kepler who was charged with first-degree murder for the fatal shooting of 19-year-old Jeremy Lake in August 2014. Just weeks before the shooting, Lake started dating Kepler's then 18-year-old daughter, Lisa. Let me tell you about this. This night, uh, Lake was at his home, and he caught him in the bedroom smashing his daughter. No, 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 no. Lisa's parents put her ass in a shelter because she kept running away from home too much. Right. You want to be grown? Well, get the fuck out of my house. You can stay your ass in the shelter. Lisa was 18. Lisa met uh, Jeremy Lake at the shelter. They started dating. They was actually doing it. Lake was good for it. Got out there. They was out passing out food to the homeless. Right. Dad rolled up in the SUV, told the daughter to go home. Mm-hmm. 
went to Lake went to introduce himself. The father opened up multiple shots on this young man, shooting him dead in the street, and uh, drove the fuck off. And dipped later, the fuck out. Dipped the fuck out, and later told police that he had a nine millimeter. Police found no gun on him Not around one. the scene, anywhere involved in the car, nowhere. No nine millimeter was found. This was testified by the daughter Lisa. Right. How the fuck does the jury come back six six mistrial? Right. The the prosecutor attorney is so pissed. He like how the I don't know what the six and six is for. Is it yeah. for a mistrial? Is it for how does this make any motherfucking? They said sense? they don't know if they 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 mistrial because they don't know if they want to do manslaughter or right. first degree murder or you know. I don't understand why this is not like a, a open and shut case. It should be, mind you. Shannon Kepler. Only reason why he found out about Lake because he saw his daughter post pictures that she has a black boyfriend on social media. Mm. He wouldn't stalk this man. He went to his house. They saw the SUV. Be like, oh, there's just somebody parked there. He waited for this man to come back home and shoot his daughter. I mean, to shoot this man. Yeah. Point blank period. Came to his house with a weapon. With the motherfucking with weapon. With the intent to kill a motherfucker. Well, y'all had a whole conniption over Bill Cosby's one little mistrial. Y'all ain't got shit to say today. We're not going to talk about Bill Cosby. We're not. I'm just saying. We're not going to talk about Bill Cosby. We're not talking about Bill Cosby. Okay. I'm just saying the attitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How the fuck do you have three mistrials? I don't know. I don't know. That's just ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. So Shannon Kepler is a special place in you for in hell. Fuck you. It's not right. I hope they drag your name through the motherfucking mud, Shannon Kepler. Yeah, eventually it's gonna be some fuck shit at the end of this. Eventually, like, how, it's coming. How sway? Three three mistrials. It, it all it got so much fuck shit smell on it. It's just ridiculous. It's too man. I'm telling you, uh, cow shit got better flavor. We got better aroma. Yeah, that's, a, that's crazy. It's bullshit, completely. All right. Last follow-up. Little Rock food truck on assault and girlfriend slang found arrested after jumping from the third floor. Come again? <laughs> Authorities in West Virginia have arrested Little Rock food truck uh, owner wanted in the killing of his girlfriend and business partner last year, according to the U.S. Marshal Service. Curtis Dor- uh, Dorsey 33 of Little Rock was taken into custody Thursday in an an apartment in Clarksburg, West Virginia, and is awaiting uh, extradition back to Arkansas on charges of fugitive from justice, according to authorities. He also, there's no writings. They say uh, uh, according to authorities a lot. (laughs) Now, which authorities? Anyway, sorry. Okay. Brain fart moment right quick. He also faces first degree charge. Dorsey has filed. Dorsey had wait. Dorsey had fled in a dark-colored truck after failing shooting 35-year-old Shamise Hughes in broad daylight September 5, 2016, outside of home, 6500 block of Maplesville uh, Pike. The local police found Dorsey in El Paso, Texas on October 16, 2016, and pursued him until he drove through a barrier between the U.S. and uh, one, one's Mexican border. 
Deputy U.S. Marshal Kevin Sanders said Dorsey was able to later re-enter the U.S. without arrest in a statement to the U.S. Marshal Services and continue their search until catching a break in the case Wednesday. SWAT teams from Harrison County, West Virginia, and Clarksburg, West Virginia, converged on apartment Thursday, made entry and observed Dorsey exiting the window on of a third-story apartment. According to the police agency, when he jumped out of the when he jumped and fell to the ground, Dorsey suffered severe, several non-life-threatening injuries in the file, and he was unable to run any further from the police. I bet. They took his ass to the hospital for treatment. Once released, he would be taking his ass back down back to Arkansas. Hmm. Found a whole bunch of guns and methamphetamines and a whole bunch of heroin and shit in the apartment. So, yeah. He got drug charges too. So special fuck you to Dorsey. Curtis Dorsey, you're a coward. I'm glad they caught your bitch ass. And I can't wait for justice to be served. Well damn. That's crazy. That's crazy as shit. Third story? You thought it was a TV show? You gonna make that shit? You fat as fuck. What was you thinking? You <laughs> <laughs> remind me of one of those, uh, you remember them stories? They get, the, that chick used to write them long stories about a trip to Florida. The, the prostitute and oh, shit. Yeah. And dude jumped off the balcony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember naming them bitches. <laughs> That's what they remind me of, right, though? That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I got a follow up story to the, uh, you remember talking about the uh, Venus Williams situation with the car accident? Right. Right, right. So it's been determined that uh, new evidence shows that the tennis star Venus Williams lawfully entered the Florida intersection seconds before the fatal crash involving her SUV. So she's not in fault of the fatal crash that uh, led to the death of the 78 year old later on in the day. Hi, bitches. Yeah, Hi. So dragged uh, her name through the mud. Yeah. So. Um, President and salutes go out to uh, Venus Williams because you know she's not at fault. Anytime a black person be the charge, I salute. I salute that for real, yeah, especially the Williams sisters, man. Boy, they've been trying to lock y'all asses up for a minute. They don't like y'all. I don't think they like y'all at all. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it showed the video footage of uh, a gated community showed that she did not run a red light. She did enter the intersection lawfully. So mm, thank you, whoever turned in that video footage. Thank you. For real. For real. Yeah. That's dope. So what else popping in this world? Uh, oh! Yeah. Oh! Okay. So, since we on follows, remember I told you about the Mayweather Connor fight, right? Yeah. It's going down, but the T-Mobile Arena uh, was already booked by Ice Cube and the Big Three. Yeah. Well, in, in un- true entrepreneurship fashion, uh, Ice Cube struck out a deal and lucked up on a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they came up with a nice settlement agreement. Uh, Ice Cube will be mu- moving his big three to the MGM Grand Garden earlier that day. That way you can go to the game that day and be able to see the fight that night. So he still can have the venue. He's going to move the time up. No, he's moving it to a different venue. Oh, okay. Yeah, different venue. Same day, different same venue. Day, different view, okay. Same city, though. So that city going to be lit. Hmm. That city going to be lit. And he going to cash out. And he cashing out for moving. Yeah. So, dope. What you think of all this pregame uh, trash talk, though? Uh, Mayweather, Connor? It's, it's the funniest shit on earth right now. I mean, I, there's, there's two celebrities that can sell tickets. They both just showmen, and they all just trying to make more money off the fight. So right. That's all Mayweather want. 
That's it. You know, alleged that, you know, he want to hold off paying his taxes so he can pay his taxes off this fight. That's smart. So, I mean, I th- he really need to cash in. I, now, why Mayweather have to hold off to pay his taxes? Are you not money, Mayweather? You what? just made it rain on 50 bitches. Like, you could use all that and put it in the bank. Yeah, so, you know, you got to look into that. But I ain't really digging into all the information on that. But he trying to hold off to pay his taxes based off the money and get all this fight. Based off the money, but they got two people who talk a lot of shit, right? And you know, like I say, I, I just think it's it's gonna be a little. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I ain't gonna pay for it. No, no, hell no. I ain't gonna pay for it. I'm not paying for shit. Fuck that. Yeah, not up in here. It'd be not up in here. Let me interesting now, boy. I'm telling you though, Mayweather can't lose this shit. <laughs> boy, Mayweather, don't you lose this shit, Bruh, If you ever needed to win. Need to win this one. You need to decisively win this shit. I hope you get knocked out. <laughs> so, Speaking of uh, shit talkers, though, who, who shit talking? Uh, Gordon Ramsay. You you watch the cooking shows? I'll be watching cooking shows. No, you no, know I like to cook. Yeah. Well, Gordon Ramsay called out Bobby Flay. Who's Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay, the dude that hosts Hell's Kitchen on Fox. Oh, the mean nigga. Mean motherfucker be cussing everybody in the kitchen. Gotcha. Yeah. Cussed out Bobby Flay. You ain't gonna know Bobby, Bobby Flay. Flay. Nobody know Bobby. What does Flay. he do? He's a chef. Okay. Famous chef too. So we got chef beef. Chef beef in this motherfucker. Literally cooking beef. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Gordon Ramsay called this motherfucker out. Say I beat your ass. Love you though, but I'll beat your motherfucking ass. He literally said that anytime. No, are you just making that shit up, or he said he gonna beat his ass? Not beat his ass with hands. Beat his ass in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care now. I thought you. I thought they go on box or some shit. Nah, you know these niggas ain't gonna. You box. talking about cooking beef? Really? Cooking Cook beef. That's uh, for all my. That's for all our viewers. You know what I'm saying? People watch this show. Well, I get that though. When you say he'll beat his ass, I'm thinking like you threaten another chef. No, no, he just beat his ass in the kitchen. Okay, that's not gangster. <laughs> that's that's not gangster. Okay, I, th- I thought we had something here, folks. No, no, we no. came from the uh, Mayweather fight to no, no, it's not gangster. Uh, cooking beef. I thought nigga chefs going box in the kitchen. Nah, never did. Oh well, shit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody care about somebody that. care. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? So let's talk about Black China. Ah! And your boy Rob. The finesse. <laughs> I thought we talked about this already. What? Did we talk about that? I don't know, man. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. I thought we talked about this last week. Then he got finessed the fuck out. He got the finesse the fuck out. I thought we. When well, they reported that. Um, there's there's uh, talking that they're going to do a, a reality show together about the whole fiasco. They got to. That bitch, uh, Chris Jenner, was said, how are we going to make some money off this shit? Release the nudes. Yeah. Release the nudes. <laughs> that was the call off. You see nudes from the Kardashians, it's going to be a show. Yeah. It's going to be a follow-up show. You know China need this money. She put on her court wig. She going there trying to win. Man, I just I just think that the whole fiasco was a, a, a clusterfuck in itself because everybody knew you was getting played. Everybody knew you was the duck. But I'm just saying now, if they come together and have a reality show, was it all a, just a, a like a host? Like, what, they just doing this shit to make get ratings? I don't give a fuck how much money you pay me, bro. I ain't ducking myself out like that. Well, you know, shit. Dudes cry. Hey, shit, I cry for a couple mil. Everybody, every, you know what's so bad though, right? You know, as much hell as we gave you, everybody fell in love with the whole before. 
Everybody. Everybody has. You Who know? hasn't? If you your whole your whole love just got exposed to the world. No, he exposed his own. You exposed your own self. Yes, yeah, so, I mean if you ain't never fell in love with a hoe, man, you was probably just that hoe. <laughs> just somebody fell in love you with that hoe. Yeah. That's what you was. That's what you were. That's what you were. Yeah. No, don't, don't, man, don't, don't throw other niggas on the bus because they smash your hoe. That's not their fault. The hoe presented themselves. You can't go after the T.I., man. You T. can't I, do it. T.I. got them goons on deck, man. For real. Your fat ass can't run. Don't fuck with T.I., Don't bro. fuck with T.I., man. You know he known to walk up and swing on a motherfucker. Man, he got a house full of guns. They got my grandma here. Man, and everybody there. Man, he don't give a fuck. Don't do it. <laughs> don't fuck with T.I. He ain't here for it. No, he's not here for you that. You know what I'm saying? No, don't do it. Don't do it. It was calling out every goddamn body. It was so many niggas ran through Black China. I was like, God damn, that bitch better than the motherfucking me Amtrak. Damn, everybody been in that thing. Shit. So I want to I want to discuss uh, your boy Doctor Umar Johnson real quick. Everybody's been talking about his ass lately, and and I, I'm not gonna go deep into it. I just want to touch it a little bit. Okay, that's why I tell the chicks. I just want to touch it a little just bit. Just touch it. Just pat pat. So, Dr. Umar Johnson sparked a whole uh, black Twitter dragon after he was on The Breakfast Club a week ago. And he had a, a, a different views on things that people really wasn't fucking with. And, you know, about the whole uh, interracial dating and things. He's a black man, need to marry a black woman. He has no place marrying anybody outside his race because they can't understand the struggle. Okay. Oh. And then he was talking about how he a, he a doctor, he a psychologist. Everybody was like, where your degrees at? Right. You know, where you get your degrees from? And so social media ran his ass down through that, like, who, what, what you a doctor of? And then, you know, he raised all this money up to, to open his own charter school, but it never opened. They're like, where the money at? Right. The question about the money. So Umar Johnson got a lot of flack after the Breakfast Club interview. So uh, Ronald Martin... I mean, sorry, Roland Martin of TV One invited uh, Dr. Moore Johnson to his show. Boy, he's so petty. Oh, yeah, very much so. Martin petty as shit. Very much so. And he had a uh, a little clan of little um, black people to <laughs> basically attack this man. Damn. Right? So the one knock that I have on Umar Johnson, because I don't, I don't agree with everything he speak on because he has different views, but I, I really appreciate his 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 stance on things and his activism right. and things he's trying to do right from instagram right he had a dope line or two out of her i didn't get to hear the whole breakfast club interview though i just think he's really trying to make do something you know somebody making mm. a move okay he might not agree his his delivery because right. he gets ignorant he does he gets very ignorant when he gets he gets upset yeah. so he goes on uh the, the tv one show and basically he got this panel of people asking him questions and you know trying to you know debunk all his statements and he really much uh, my my point of view he held his own okay until the motherfucker told him he was a liar oh dr Moore johnson like well you a coon so oh. Oh. Was like whoa you would not use coon on this show <laughs> oh, he, he got him a fucking coon <laughs> he called one of the panelists a coon damn so he's like you would not use derogatory terms to another black person on this show that's not what we do he's like well he called me a liar I'm calling him a coon, coon. <laughs> <laughs> I know his logic I felt it already and my viewpoint man the panel was cooning except for one guy one guy agreed with him about mm -hmm. you know 
building up the black family and the whole dynamic of systematic racism and things like that. He kind of agreed with them, but everybody else okay. is like, you're talking, you you saying there's no white people that help uh, racism and what about the people that help the NAACP and shit like that. And and that was going back and forth. Dr. Juan Johnson held his own until he got disrespected yeah. and he called a nigga a coon. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ain't seen the interview, man, you got to go see Dr. Will Johnson on the Roland Martin show, TV One. It's fucking hilarious. I got to see it. Because they go at it. I got to see it. And I don't, you know, I I, I think it was just like a, 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 they try to just bum rush his ass. Right. You know, but I don't agree with everything that he says. I think is you know, he got some good views. He's trying to do some good things. And that's the one thing black people always try to do is try to, you know, take down somebody who's trying to do something. Like, right. why don't you just try to, you know, follow him or help him out or try to see what he's actually trying to do instead of trying to take the motherfucker down. Right, right. You know, they're trying to say, you know, they, they searching all his degrees, seeing they factual. Yeah, somebody trying. posted that he got to, uh, he got to, uh, pay the, uh, pay his, his dues on his PhD. I was like, pay dues on a PhD? Who yeah. does that? I they thought, going was, in checking I thought you got background. it. He spoke on all the degrees he, he, he earned and they talking about where the money at and what you going to do next and you know so I, I don't know I just think I that's, don't know nothing about the boy boy I tell you one thing when a motherfucker don't like you they do not like your ass they would dig up your grandma maiden name and tell her she was a hoe yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit real I just talk. think like you know we don't have any lot of black leaders and I'm not saying that he's the forefront of our black leaders but he's actually trying to do something for the black yeah, community yeah at least try so you know Stop trying to if you put as much effort to trying to debunk this man as you are trying to help him out trying with, right. on his effort, we can get a lot further. All right. Or just go look up what the fuck he's talking about instead of just speaking from it from your own viewpoint. Yeah. Go but find some facts. It's a funny ass interview, man. They got they, it gets heated. Uh, I yeah, once twice. somebody get called a coon in the interview on on, on TV one, it's a you, panel full of black people. You know me on and TV one bouncing coming. Them not only black channels, man. And sometimes PBS. <laughs> you know, you know when a when coon comes out with a panel full of black people. Somebody's mad. Somebody's mad. You, that's what the table about to get flipped over. Somebody, in the he about to come it's the about table to go down. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. They know bow ties and ascots is gonna get ripped up in that bitch. Man, I'm gonna take this dashiki off. We gonna handle. We gonna handle this shit. You yeah. ain't gonna disrespect me. I will beat your ass with a bean pie, my brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what you're not gonna do is call me a motherfucking cone in here. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that shit. And you can get your ass beat too, Queen. <laughs> keep talking sister. Shit. Soldier sister. Yeah, keep talking that shit. You know you've been laying with the man. <laughs> yeah, but that was too funny though. Oh shit. I gotta check that, that shit out. Oh damn. Uh I don't wanna talk about it, but he does he he makes you talk about him. Whether you want to or not. Trump. Hmm. Trump's son this time decided he want to voluntarily leak his private his conversations with Russia. Yeah, he went told on his goddamn self to Fox News too. Well, I think it was gonna come out eventually. Yeah, he tried to get ahead of it. You know, it's still a lie, right? You know, you still fucked up, right? You know, you still fucked up. Just because you told us that you fucked up, don't mean it's no less of a fuck up. 
Yeah, and Trump lied saying that he just found out a couple of days ago that his son had a meeting with a affiliate with Russia. Lied. It turned out, you know, he knew they knew about it then uh, three, four weeks ago. Hell, he got off the phone and said, "Dad, Dad, <laughs> man, this Russian motherfucker talking good. They gonna hack all Hillary shit. Oh yeah, it's good, Dad, Dad, Dad. Coming home for dinner. Yeah. So back in <laughs> two, uh, June third, uh, two thousand sixteen, uh, one of affiliate of Russia. Contacted him and saying, you know, we got some dirt on Hillary, right? That will really help you out and help the the campaign. He was like, well, "What's up? What's up? What yeah. you got?" He said, "Put it in my Dropbox." He was like, <laughs> "Like dirt? Oh yeah, I love that shit. What it do? What it do?" And then you know they try to they try to spin the whole situation, but you know you actually met with an affiliate with Russia. Period. Yeah, you did that shit. Yeah, it's not made up. You did that shit. And then you're going to try to defend your son by saying, my son is a high-quality person. I applaud his transparency. Get the fuck out of here. You already got caught. Because yeah. you lied for the last few months. Yeah. Finally got caught. Well, let me go on and snitch on myself. No, bitch. Just because you admitted pride don't make it better, you still did the shit. And it's been stated that uh, two Democrat congressmen introduced an article of, of impeachment on Wednesday against President Trump, Ooh. accusing him of uh, obstruction of justice over the firing of former FBI Director James Comey. But then on top of this with your son, right? you know, I just think, you know, something has to shake. Something. Something got to give. You know, so I said October. It's almost October. We it's got almost, a couple months. We got a couple months. You you got the you got the submits. Huh? You got the uh the letters introduced though. Yeah. That's that's first step. It's all first about baby steps. steps, baby. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah, so uh but Pence? Yeah. Can you imagine Pence is president? Yeah, it's gonna be all that motherfucker look like he done killed some adopted kids in a foster home somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker look creepy as shit, man. I don't see how nobody sees this. He literally look like, you know, every movie mm-hmm. with the devil, he be like, give you a good deal. Mm-hmm. He be like, I know this deal too good to be true. Yes, it is because I'm the devil. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. Yeah. And the whole healthcare thing, they they yeah. they not even uh, going to talk about healthcare right now. They, not, they ain't getting enough votes to even discuss the healthcare plan. And like one of my uh, Facebook followers said, they just need to name the shit Trump Care, and they'll vote for it. They'll vote for it. Yeah, it'll be it's all that over. simple. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to hear nothing about Obama no more. They've made so just, many drastic cuts to small black business, you know, deals. It's just ridiculous, man. It's just getting worse. Yeah, it's like this. What you motherfuckers wanted? This well, they fight. Re- they fight against it. So right. you know. As long as they keep fighting and Democrats not fucking with it, they hold it off a little bit longer. Got a little longer. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I don't know how we want to do that. We didn't talk about this before in the post meeting. Pre-meeting. Yeah, we ain't even getting to all this. <laughs> yeah, do we want to do music now or third act? Fuck it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. LL Cool J. Okay. He decided to reach out to us, former co-star Mike Campbell. Uh, he posted a status on IG saying, if anybody has contact information for Maya, please let me know. Maya has since replied saying, I don't need help. I just need a benefit concert for mental health. Don't DM me. It's really me and this is Daryl, person that was filming in parentheses. 
This is the shot that I temp at or whatever. We're good. I'm good. I'm doing property. I have investments. I'm a real serious person. That was Campbell. That's the young lady that was on the show. Yes, Maya Campbell. Fine. She used to be so fucking fine. I had the well, biggest crush on Maya. The dude posted a video of her. Looking all types of drugged out. Yo, lasting for crack. Somebody, I need crack. Yeah. In the bikini and well, not bikini, but you know, bra and panties looking crazy. And they drug him down through that thing that you know you should not do. You shouldn't post that on uh, for people who have mental issues. He's like, man, she got a mental issue. She high as fuck. That's why she did that. And that's know? there. I bet you that's still there. Yeah. 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 He's like, you trying, you know, make me look bad for doing that. But she ain't. She don't have no mental issue. She's just high as fuck. She's on drugs. That's what people on drugs do. Yeah, fucking drugs. And he riding around filming this shit, though. Yeah. That ain't your fucking friend. That's not your friend at all. That's not your fucking friend. He's trying to get his likes up. Trying to get his views. Trying to get his subscribe to his YouTube page. Shit, fucking ridiculous, man. It's fucking ridiculous. It's di- damn, I wish we somebody was in my corner for it. God damn. It just don't make no sense. Yeah. One of our black queens. Dang, she was a little princess. Well, you know, you get a little fame, you get a little money and shit. Go crazy. That well, crack do to you. Yeah, that dope come next, it man. It comes at you quick. Yeah. Uh, Migos were just thrown off a Delta flight. Hmm. <laughs> the question is, though, were they thrown off because they were out of control or because they're black? Well, uh, what happened was Takeoff decided he didn't want to put up his baggage. He wanted to put down, he had his uh, personal little carry-on bag sitting down, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't want to put it up in the above lock-on compartment. Okay. So that happened, and uh, what else happened? Uh, they they reported that the, some of the guys didn't want to put on their seatbelts. It was just not following instructions. Mm-hmm. So the pilot came out of the back and just said, oh, hell no. Fuck it. We gonna take this bitch back to the. We gonna take this bitch back to uh, the boarding. Yeah, I get the fuck off my plane. Kicked off the plane. Kick the ass off the motherfucking plane. Hmm. You can go see the video of them getting into it online. I seen the video. Right. The thing is that I didn't know because I don't really know the Migos like that. Right. I just found out his name was Takeoff. Yeah. I thought Takeoff was like a little ad lib he did. Everybody, I did too. I didn't know that name. I, I thought Migos was one person. I thought it was first. one person for a long time. Yeah, for the longest. Until I saw the interviews. And then right. I thought he should be like Takeoff. Like that's one of his things he gets he get hyped up before he started right. rapping. I know take like, actually take name was his Takeoff. Name. Yeah. I didn't know either. I didn't know Takeoff take was his name. I was like, oh, because I think, you know what I'm saying? They about sparking them clouds. Takeoff. Hell yeah. yeah. I thought that was one of this little punchline. You know take what I'm saying? Ooh, that's that's your name. That shit go on. Oh, that's your name. That's your name. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right. I need to think about this concept. You shouldn't have left them off. <laughs> do I look like I was left off the plane? Do yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Do, <laughs> do I look like I was put off the plane? Yes, you do. Yeah. So they got my, uh, Delta got them another flight. Uh, but we don't know if they made it to their concert on time. I doubt it. I <laughs> concert know. started at 10. The flight didn't leave to about 8 or 9. So, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Don't fly with Migos. <laughs> Shit. You won't get that, nigga. Ooh, you imagine been on that plane. You about to take off. You know this take forever to get to from taxi Boy, to the man. runway. Then he at the runway. He decided to take that bitch, turn that bitch around. Oh, shit. This nigga here. This man. nigga here. Put your goddamn bag up. Get these niggas off the plane. Get these motherfuckers off the plane. I was riding to work today, man. I saw a Greyhound bus on the side of the road broke down. Damn. And I rode a Greyhound 
several times in my college days. It's the longest, most just depressing time on a fucking bus ever because it stops at every little small town ever and it takes forever to get there. Takes fucking So when the fucking bus breaks down, I can just feel for these motherfuckers on the bus like this is the worst. What, what, what did you do to deserve what did I do to deserve? it gotta be karma somewhere because I'm stuck on the side of the road on this long ass bus trip because there's no short greyhound bus trips so yeah I feel bad for them so I can only imagine how the people on the plane feel stuck like when you ride on a city bus yeah and you pull up to a stop and the motherfucker got like a wheelchair or got like a little bike you gotta hook up to the front of the oh, bus oh man <laughs> you be like god damn, damn put man. that little shit on the bus God damn, we got to put your little wheelchair on the goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about the bike. You said wheelchair. I'm just saying, man. Shit. You got to put the little ramp down, strap him his ass up. Why they ramp take all day? Man, you mean like, shit. like, y'all ain't got no batteries on this bitch. You ain't got no horsepower. I'm about to be late for work, man. I'm about to get rolled up, man. I heard this shit up. Shit, I'll pull this nigga on the damn bus. Fuck. Somebody get the rope. <laughs> tie your legs together. Shit, tie them to the back of the bus, baby. Shit. Just roll behind us. Roll on this bitch. You got wheels, don't you? You be alright. Just watch them curves, nigga. Lean, lean on the curves. Yeah, I just imagine motherfuckers when I got them flights. Like this motherfucker here. My thing though about that, since we own it, why do people with bikes put them on a bus to ride? Like, to go, you supposed to be using the bike, right? Why are you taking it somewhere else? You supposed to be riding. The bikers get to the bus stop. And then you got to catch the bus where you need to go. Okay. Yeah. Everybody ain't trying to do with exercise. Ain't no That's damn. motherfuckers transportation. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck trying to get fit. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to get, get there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I always wonder, like, why would you put your bike on the bike rack? Like, are you supposed to be riding the bike? Yeah. No, everybody ain't trying to get in shape. Nah, okay. Motherfuckers trying to get around. I'm just trying to get, get to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. Uh, Dr. Dre is making his most powerful confession apology for attacking journalist D. Barnes back in the 90s and employing other men to keep their hands off of women. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dre faced quote-unquote dark cloud that follows him during part two of HBO's documentary, The Defying Ones. While the doc- I gotta watch that. I ain't seen that yet. Yeah, well, you see, I uh, put that uh, TV segment in there too in my TV okay. shows. Ow, okay. check me out. <laughs> uh, while the doc focuses on his success in the music biz, Dre admits he absolutely lost it on bars in 1991 at an LA nightclub. He says, "I was out of my fucking mind at the time. I fucked up. It's a major blemish on who I am as a man." He apologized publicly for the beat. For the beating before, but to be honest, they came right before Straight Outta Compton was released, and many saw it as a PR move. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. You gotta do what you gotta do. He did it, he did the same thing with Michelle Lay, though. Right, so we not shocked or surprised. I mean, yeah. you got what you wanted. What you want now? Yeah, what else you want? Get out of here, stop it. You want that check? <laughs> you want yeah, that he don't want to fuck with his money. Yeah, he, he waited to that uh the uh what's it called? Hmm? Where you can go back and prosecute somebody to charge him. He waited for the charge thing to expire. Uh, statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Waiting for that shit to expire. Like shit. Ah yeah, I beat the shit out of that bitch. Yeah, right? I, I put my hands. I on. put my hands. I put on. my hands. I did. Did you put your hands on? 
I put my hands I on her. I, I put my hands on I kind of did. I, kinda, I lost control. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I don't, call, I don't call these headphones Dre Beats for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I beat bitches. Let me stop. I don't know personally. Wait, I know you beat her ass. You admitted it. <laughs> Shit. Uh, my last music story. A uh, black youngster put himself on a cross, and now he actually is getting $10,000 offers to delete the damn photo. Get the fuck out of here. The rapper Master Shitster, quote unquote, posted a pic Monday of himself fully mocking the crucifixion with Tupac's legs. Hair Mary, come with me. He also said, R.I.P. Tupac. This motherfucker look like he on a uh, tree with a giant diaper on. They're going to try to give him 10000 to take it down? The rapper offered him $10,000 to take this picture down. I'm showing it to I'm something else now. He looks disgusting. He looks fucking disgusting. I don't know why people keep paying attention to him, man. Like, why? I, I just can't like, deal. Like, why? I can't deal. Why? Uh, the rapper, uh, Atlanta rapper, what's his name? Uh, Rallo was pissed enough to offer Youngster $10,000 if he removed the post. All he know for sure at this point is the pick is still up and Youngster definitely would not be invited to teach Sunday school this week. <laughs> Shut up. That got me from Boston. That's, <laughs> that's petty shit. Yeah, the uh, fuck see, what source was that? I didn't write it down. Damn. Oops. I got it from somebody. Y'all be alright. I want to say TMZ, to be honest. That sound like some... That sound like some TMZ shit. They paid as fuck. And I think that's my last music story. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. You got anything? Um... Are we talking about power? Yes, we are. I forgot. This are music we? segment. Power! Uh, what's your thing? What's your take? What's going? Who you more pissed with? What's up? Do I even remember it? I know it's been so long, it's right? It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. Let's what see. What happened? Um, I ain't like the black lawyer. I don't know what it is about him. Something just got me iffy about him. I don't like it. He, yeah, he, he, he talked too slick for me. Yeah, his, no. his wrist broke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't talking about that. No, I'm just saying it is. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah, but I don't trust him. Like he might set up ghosts for something else. He's playing both sides of the fence to me. I think so. He's he's, he's trying to see why uh, I call him Turtle, but the uh, yeah, it's Turtle, nigga. Turtle so That's loyal. That's what now. You tired? I don't give a fuck how much weight you lose. Turtle so loyal to Ghost, right? And then he trying he trying to you know act like he's on Ghost side or trying to get him off, but trying to read his ass at the same time. Right, right. I don't know. He he. I don't know. He's he, creepy as fuck. He came man. out of nowhere and he's extra. He came out of nowhere and extra. I don't even know why this motherfucker's getting seen. Yeah, it's, 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 he's annoying already from jump. I think he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job as a character. As a character, he's just extra. Right. Yeah. As an actor. Yeah. You doing whatever they ask you to do very well. Mm-hmm. But personally, as your character is involved. Yeah. You actually too much for me, son. Doing too much. And I would have punched Angela in the face. Fuck that bitch. And she gonna walk in talking about take this deal. No, that I like to talk to Jamie alone. For what? Bitch, get is. the fuck out of here. Got bitch. Me in this shit once. Once? No. Oh, dirty hoe. Get the fuck out. I'm gonna trust your whole ass. Yeah. And and Tariq need his last beat. 
Just jump on his ass. Just jump on his ass. Pillow case beat his ass. Blanket party. Blanket party. He need a blanket party. Go check out the previous episodes if you don't know what a blanket party is. Yeah. You need a blanket party, that little nigga. Real talk. Real I just talk. hope that uh, and Sandoval get these hands all motherfucking day. I who Sandoval? Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Sandoval get these hands all motherfucking day. I just as long as this show goes on, mm-hmm. I just hope that Tommy never hits Lala again. I know, right? I, I didn't like it. I just don't want him to hit Lala no more. I don't. I don't like. Just it. don't bring that into the discussion. No it's more. not even cool. It wasn't even sexy. I didn't like. Take it, it out. It's done. I mean, you know, see, Ghost is in jail. Yeah. He ain't fucking with Angela more. So the sex scenes are, are scarce. scarce. But you can't just be putting Lala out there. Don't put Lala with what Tommy. Do, with don't, Tommy. Don't, it's don't not a good look. Who else can fuck on the show right now? Who else? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's kind of kind of rough scarce. right now. Scarce. They got no sex scene. Tariq could be getting his first shot. Tariq could be fucking Angela to get his first shot of pussy. Angela. Well, you know, trying to get his dad off, man. That's not going to help, son. Yeah, at all. <laughs> that's kind of nasty. <laughs> it's kind of extra disgusting. Kind of nasty. Let me think. Uh, I don't know, man. Tasha going to have to do something to get to pay these bills. Mm. No, nah, they got the check refunded, so they got some cash. Again. Tasha might fuck Turtle to get the money. The clean money. Nah, 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 nah. She wouldn't do that. Nah. She could. But I hope to God she wouldn't. Yeah, they well, really ain't got nobody. Cut uh, fifty six and fuck you know the the cop chick. No, that's his homegirl. I know, so that ain't gonna happen. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, nobody fucking knows. Just stop fucking fuck lie Just stop like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't all. like it at all. I don't like it at all. Man, I'm not a fan. Not not like it. Don't do it. Don't stop. <laughs> Just stop it. Stop. It. You know what? what? The the um. What's that motherfucker? The distrib- distro could fuck the new bar chick. That hold her over on the sex scene. Right there. Boom. Two people I don't give a fuck about. But nobody cares, though. Nobody I mean, it's just cares. something to pass the time. We just don't need unnecessary. I just don't need Lala getting set out by Tommy. Yeah, I don't. Like I don't it. like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Yeah. You need to hire you a better script writer. All right. That's it. That's all I got. On. It was something else I'm missing on power. What I miss? What I miss? Oh, and the daddy ain't Tommy. Well, I keep saying this Tommy daddy. They ain't let it come out yet. But Tommy, the old dude, ain't shit either. Well, he, he had to get his. Yeah, he trying to save his wife, but he still ain't shit. Yeah. I'll fucking in my business because you need something. Wait till he finds some dirt out of him. Ghost gonna come through with a plan. I see Ghost having two episodes. No, he's going to be there all season. Beyonce just posted the twin pics. <coughs> all right, what they look like? Little niggas. <laughs> little niggas. <laughs> like little niggas. They got them camel jaws yet? I don't know. They little. Uh, nobody can see what them babies are going to look like. One of them neck look broke. Both their neck broke. They little babies. <laughs> they babies. One of them look dead. Come on, bro. I said look. Jesus. Does it not? They're babies. Sweet. Does it? No. The first one. No. They're babies, man. Well, you called them sleep, though. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I didn't call them sleep. Hi. Right.
Anything else? We'll take this commercial break. For sure. Bet. Shot to bartender. And if you haven't guessed, it's a long ass show. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, we got special guests coming up. Special guests. Shout out, Fred. Coming up next. Let's go. We'll be back. What up, what up, good people? It's your boy, I'm Something Else. Here to let you know about our great, great sponsors at Papa Top Wine, Spirits, and Beverages at 1901 South University, Little Rock, Arkansas. Now listen up. Papa Top got the best deals in town on all your dope beverages. They got anything you need from Chardonnay to Tangeray, from exotic to hypnotic. So let's throw it back like it's 2002. Make yourself an incredible Hulk and do it for the culture. So talk to our good friends at Papa Top, Wine, Spirits, and Beverages, 1901 South University. Let them know the Power Lunch Hour sent you and have a great weekend. Now let's get back into it. What's good, Power Lunch Hour fans? I have the latest innovative technology feat for you. It's an app called Caught in the Act. Are you tired of people going through your phone when you're not looking? Are you tired of your girl checking your phone to see who just texts you? Are you tired of your man checking your phone to see who texts you? Well, we have a new app called Caught in the Act. You can search for it on the Android market and the Play Store. Look for Caught in the Act. It's only $2.99. It takes a picture of anybody trying to use your phone without your permission. Emails it to you so you know who it was. So if they lied, you can't figure out why your phone is locked for a whole two to three minutes. Now you know. And you get a picture of them caught on it. You can put them on blast. Look at them going through my phone. Look at them. You got your proof right there. Caught in the act on the Android market. Check it out. $2.99. That's a deal if I've ever heard of one. Now let's get back to the show. So, um, all right, folks. Welcome back to the Power Lunch Hours, Act 2. We have a special guest in the building. Special guest. It's a complete honor to have this, this young man on the show. Entrepreneur extraordinaire. Yeah, the creator, owner uh, of MediaTakeout.com and a lot of other entrepreneurial adventures right. in his uh, back pocket. Um, Fred, I, I don't want to mistake your last name. I've been practicing on your name. He's now. been practicing very hard. Um, it's Mwanga Gunga. Mwanga Gunga. Oh yeah, he was gonna <laughs> jack that up, man. These southern accents. No. Is that? Uh, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. <laughs> wasn't even close, bro. Wasn't even close. <laughs> apologize to this man. I do apologize, <laughs> man. Can I call you Fred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred's perfect. Fred's perfect. Great, right, man. Yeah. So, uh, Fred, you got a lot of things uh, on your profile that you've done in your, in your history, uh, especially your uh, investments in entrepreneurship. My first question to you is, from coming from your background is, uh, you know, studying law and being on Wall Street, what made you jump into the, the media and the blog segment of your life? What made you do that transition? Well, I think there were kind of a, a bunch of steps there, but I think the my general viewpoint towards entrepreneurship and starting businesses is to always start a business where you see yourself as being the consumer, right? Because I think a lot of times you have a lot of insight on what the consumer really wants, right. and you might actually have a better idea than some of the other people that are the active players in the, in the, in the marketplace. Okay. So when, for example, when I started Media Takeout, when I got into the blog space, there really weren't that many um, African-American entertainment news agencies out there. There was BT, there was Essence, 
remember at the time Essence wasn't really a news magazine it was more of a beauty magazine exactly BT was there and BT had kind of a news arm but BT was really more a movie and where you watch music videos and the like so there wasn't really a place that was specifically catering towards African American celebrity and entertainment news and I knew that the places out there that were covering it um, TMZ wasn't around places like um, E! News um Perez Hilton and some of the other blogs out there, yeah. they, they kind of touched black and, and urban culture, but they didn't really focus on it. So they didn't really, really understand it as well as I thought that I knew and my staff had done. So you saw so like, that, that, was kind of, that was kind of it, right? Like knowing mm. that here's an opportunity that there are a lot of people out there that are catering towards a group of people and they don't really 100% get it right. the way that I do and the way that a lot of other people got it. And so I knew that I had, while I didn't have the money advantage over them, um, and I didn't have the size advantage over them, right. I had the consumer knowledge advantage over them, and that's what I use. All right, you yeah. hit the streets ground running. I remember when the site first launched, I was such a fan. I was like, man, you see what's going on on MTO? It's going down. You need to find out what's going on. That inspired me to do my blogs and to launch the Power Lunch Hour. I mean, that's a real motivation, entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, I think we need more of that. I mean, when you right. think about it, right, you know, there's how many African Americans are sitting around and thinking, wow, you know, I've got this job, I kind of like it, but I have this idea that I want to kind of go out and start a business. I'd love to be able to hear from other people out there, other brothers or other sisters out there that have done it or that are thinking about it. If we could all kind of collectively think about it and talk about what it's like to start a business from an African American perspective, which is different than starting a business if you're not African American. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. So this, uh, I read into your, your bio, your information, and, and you did the, uh, the online, the door-to-door -door laundry service. That's what I want to know about. Where'd you come up with that idea from? Never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same idea, right? Like at the time I was working on Wall Street, and I just couldn't find a, per a place that did the laundry right. Mm -hmm. I had a good dry cleaner, and they would do the, they could do my shirts and suits and the like well. But I couldn't find it, and then I had another guy who was maybe he did my sheet, he would wash my sheets well, and my underwears, but you always had like these in-between in things, right? Like you have a, a sweater that you really like. Yeah. You don't really want to go out there and spell dry cleaning prices and dry clean it every time you wear it, but you don't trust the guy who does your laundry that they'll do a good job on it, yeah. right? So that was always kind of the place. As, as a consumer, I was like, wow, it's strange that this doesn't exist. Yeah. When I started researching and started talking to the people that are dry cleaners and the people that are in the laundry, I realized that the people, that the guy, the average guy that owns a dry cleaner doesn't have any of those sweaters at all, right? Like he basically shows up and work maybe in like, a, you know, a work clothes that he could easily throw in the, in the wash and he's fine with it. Yeah. And then he has like a suit that if he's going out and going to dress up nicely, he wear the suit. He'll, 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 you know, he'll get that done. But he didn't really understand about these in-between items because as a consumer, he just didn't have that. So I realized at that point that I had the same way that we're talking about with the blogs. I had this consumer kind of consumer knowledge advantage over the people that were out there. And I used that to start my business. So you're looking for ways like where there's a, where there's a lane for you, like right. where there's something missing, try to jump into that lane. Yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Like, already when you're starting out as an African-American entrepreneur, you're already you're starting off as you're black, right? So right. automatically, that's going to put you back a little bit, yeah. right? And then you also, a lot of times, I mean, I didn't have a ton of money behind me doing it, right? So I didn't have, I was black, I didn't have a ton of money. I had to figure out some kind of lane that I could get where I had an advantage on them. I didn't have the black advantage over them. I didn't have the money advantage over them. Yeah. But I knew that I had this consumer advantage. Right. I knew that that was 
only way that I was going to be successful if there was a place that I had an advantage and take advantage of it as often and as, and, and as much as I could. Right, because young people, the biggest thing they say is they don't have the money, but money, direct money is not always the way. You can find funding. Yeah, yeah I mean, sometimes you have to start small, right? Like, you, right. you got to be realistic, right? Like you got to let them know they can't wear J's first. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times two people think, oh, you know, me not having money, that's, that's I'm at a disadvantage. Right. You know, sometimes not having money is an advantage, right? Because you, when you have a lot of money, you spending it on all kinds of crazy things. Definitely. And you don't have a lot of money. Right. You're out there they're making sure that every penny that you spend is spent in the absolute best possible way, and you're able usually to run a place a lot more efficiently. So you got to take, you got to kind of twist Right, like twist, twist the game and say, okay, all these things that are disadvantages that everybody says are disadvantages. How can I figure out a way to make them advantages in what I'm doing? And I think you know, if you're creative and you spend a lot of time, you can figure out those kind of things. Right, but that takes a lot of discipline. A lot of people who haven't had the the knowledge or the the background of it don't have that discipline to use their money for exact purpose. You know, things get spent on unnecessary things like J's and cars and things like that. But they don't have that, that knowledge that somebody can break it down to them, like be focused and uh, consistent on your money spending. And that's what people yeah, want I mean, to know. Th this, that's all that it is, right? Like when you, when you right. think about what our greatest disadvantage is as black people, it's that we don't know, right? Like we don't right. have people that are sitting over there and just going to give you game, right? Like a lot of times you have a lot of black people that they'll be successful and they'll be like, well, I don't really want to give these people this game because that's how that's my that's my hustle yeah, if I right. start going on the internet and start telling everybody okay there'll be a thousand people doing this and then I'm not going to be able to make right. that game to be sold and not so, told right, but as long as we keep thinking like that now people in other countries other communities they don't think like that at all, at all. I mean, they share group sharing you can go there you can, you can log on and you know after you know after you finish watching this you can go on and, and check out podcasts and you will find people of all different colors spitting real game out there telling you the truth, telling you everything that you need to know to get it out there. And that's because, you know, in the end of the day, it really is about sharing and creating industries, right? Like if you think about it, when we when I started the media takeout, we were, you know, we were one of the very few out there, right? Yeah. And they've always there've been a couple that have come and and have gone. But I've always taken the the, the approach that you really need in order for us to kind of grow. I mean, you think I can only get so big unless there is an entire industry surrounding So you don't want to be the only player in the game. You exactly. want there to be a ton of other people out there that are doing it, doing it well, drawing money into the industry. You just want to be number one in the industry. Yeah, you don't yeah. necessarily want to be the only one in the industry. I think so So long as, if you're the only one in the industry, you're losing a lot of dollars out there. You would love there to be a thousand people in the industry and yeah. you're just number one. So right? your industry can grow. Yeah. Industry grows. Yeah. There's a lot of money out there. There's um, a lot of interest in the industry. There's mm -hmm. more investment dollars in the industry. This is the way that you have to think if you're really trying to take entrepreneurship from kind of mom and pop, kind of side hustling out of, out of your car into real enterprise, American enterprise. And that's that's the way I've always looked at it. That's what I do. Well, when you start out uh, MTO, um, and it's, it was something relatively new, especially the direction you was taking it. What was one of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome or thinking like this is not really going to work or maybe I need to do something different? Was there something that happened where you might question your decision? Because it's relatively new for the, for the black community, really. Did you code it yeah, yourself? I mean, I, what, what was that? Did you code it yourself? Did you code the website as well? 
No, no. So that was that was part of probably the pretty big one, right? Like now it's pretty easy, especially with Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. It's pretty easy to kind of get a blog going. You get a blog going, you know, in five minutes, right? right. But at the, when I first started there, you actually had to go out there. You had to hire a programmer. You had to put it together. You had to right. get your own servers. You had to put them up, and that takes a lot of knowledge that. I, didn't, I certainly didn't have at the time. Yeah. But, you know, it, this comes back to when you don't have a lot of money, right? Like, if, if you don't, if you, if I had all the money in the world, I would just hire a big staff of people that would have figured it out, put, put together the site, and I would have had no idea of what it was, was going on, how the, the site was up. But I did. So what I was able to do is kind of go out there and talk to so many different people, figure out exactly what, what it took to run a site, figure out places where I could cut corners and couldn't. And, and realize that, you know, there's a lot of things out there, instead of kind of going out there and putting up the entire, you know, a thousand different things on the site that, that you'd need, yeah. you can have a relative, you can kind of pare it down to only the absolutely necessary pieces of the site. And in fact, now looking back at that, that was a big advantage that I had. Because what most people would do is they kind of get people in there and they'd have a thousand different functions on the site, and a lot of them people would use and it would just bloat the site down and make the site move slower it would make the site um, just a lot more cluttered and so because we didn't have the money to add all those extra features right. we just basically had the bare bones down there what it ended up with a really clean interface and a really easy to use and easy to navigate site and that was an advantage for us at the time so like i said you know a lot of times when you think about it and you think about all these disadvantages that you have to not have the money you know i, I can tell you that every business that i started with we have never started with a ton of money. Um, and I can tell you that we quickly figured out the advantages that we can get by, by not having the money. And this, like I said, was one of them, and it was a very big advantage in the beginning, and it helped us kind of grow to, to the size that we we're, at, we're at now. Okay. What did you, um, like when, you, when you're figuring out, when you're starting off with not a lot of money, and you got to figure out how to, because one thing a lot, especially black people, don't know how to make money work for them. So what was the, some of the ways you, uh, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you're a lawyer. You went to, uh, was on Wall Street. You know how different things work. You don't have to start with the money back in. But what are some things that you learned along the way that you can keep a business going without having a lot of backing from it? Yeah, I think what you have to do is really just kind of come up with a realistic budget. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. You know, they kind of go out there and say, well, I'm just going to kind of go go spend as much money as it takes to kind of get this thing going. Yeah. And before you know it, you spent a lot much, a lot more than you think, and now maybe you're in the hole, and maybe you're like, oh, well, I just spent too much money, let me just forget about this whole thing. But I think if you start out with a realistic budget, and you say, well, you know, I have $1,000 to get this thing going, so that means I could only spend $200 towards, towards marketing. I could only spend, you know, $150 towards um, getting the site built. I could only spend, you know, $50 towards this. It kind of keeps you keeps things in perspective and where you are now you're always going to run over budget yeah, but at least you now have a good idea of where the money's going and how it's being used and i think you know part of it is it's really overwhelming when you're starting a business especially if you're starting a business on your own and especially if you've never done this before definitely it's overwhelming definitely, you have definitely. all these different ideas you have all these different expenses coming left and right and the more that you can get some kind of control over what it is that you're doing the more likely you are to at least make it through the next stage. Because at the beginning of entrepreneurship, it really is just kind of like a, a race on endurance. Like, how long can you stand before you break, right? right. And you just have to kind of hang in there yeah. long enough for things to turn around. And so the more that you can have control over what exactly is going on, 
the longer you can stay around. Because if you're around long enough and you're making some wise decisions, things will break in your direction. They're not necessarily going to turn you into, you know, the biggest, biggest and best uh, exactly. successful person in the world, but they'll break in your direction. You can come out and you can end up on top. You can end up making a living. You can end up having a business that you can look back at, you know, 20, 30 years later. Maybe you, you didn't have enough to, to, to buy you, you know, 90 different cars or whatever, but you had enough to buy you a car, to get a house, to pay for, to take care of your kids, to take care of your wife, your husband, you know, and to, you know, to, to have something, to get a legacy that you might even be able to pass on to your kids. I think that's what you're really looking for in entrepreneurship. And the idea of just kind of being able to kind of get there, get to the point where you are, you know, where that 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 uh, things turn around for you, and you move out of the point where you're taking money out of your pocket and putting it in there, and money is actually coming out of the business yeah. and going into your pocket. Right. What do you think? Uh, one of your greatest um, wins came. Out, excuse me, rephrase that. Everyone takes a loss, right? What do you think? One of your greatest um, achievements came from a loss. Like, what do you think? Uh, what are your best lessons that you've learned from a loss? Um, it's hard. I, I mean, you know, I think that part of the reason why I've been successful when you take on some of the other businesses is that I haven't taken any giant losses. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I haven't necessarily had like that one win. You know, people are always looking at, you know, what, what was that day that it happened that all of a sudden that one know, thing that got you over the top, yeah, right? You know, and listen, I, I, I know I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, so I've been plenty of entrepreneurs. It just doesn't work like that. You know, it happens <laughs> gradually over a course of time, and then, you know, when you look back, you say, wow, how far I've come. Okay, but okay. day to day, you don't really have, like, one of those days where it's like, okay, you know, yesterday things were terrible and today things are great. That rarely happens. So I think what you want to do when you're an entrepreneur is you want to really minimize the losses that you have. And a lot of times too, you know, the other, a lot of times I've managed to avoid gigantic losses, but it's not because of anything that I did. It's because of God, luck, or whatever it is that just has prevented me from doing things. I know there was one time, it was, it was probably about a year or two into the business, we were talking with another company and we were thinking about possibly merging with them. And we got pretty far along into, into, the, uh, into the process. And at the time, I was, you know, I was a little reluctant to get into to a relationship with them, but I didn't know. So it, it turned out that talks broke down, and we ended up not merging with the company. And at the time, I was like, damn, you know, this was like a terrible loss. And how, you know, it would have been a nice right. and good look. Yeah. Getting with this company, it would have been some good paper. It would have been, everything would have been great. And now this whole thing kind of fell apart. I was like, really, I was kind of like, wow, this is like one of the worst things that happened in, in the business. Turned out it wasn't the worst thing in the world because the, per the, the, the company that they decided to merge with, it went terribly wrong. Mm. They ended up, everybody ended up suing each other. And yeah. the company that they tried to merge with eventually went out of business. Yeah. So it was the worst, it would have been the absolute worst thing that I ever would have done had I gone forward with that. But I had no idea, right? So it wasn't me and my smarts or my business acumen right. that kind of bullied that thing. It was God telling me, you know what? I'm not going to put you in this situation. Right. And I got, you know, and this is the thing too, you know, you, you hear a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, and I can tell you, you know, and I think there have been studies on this, that entrepreneurs are by far, in terms of, of uh, 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 professions, the most religious people in the world. Okay, you right. cannot do this job without, <laughs> without at least once or twice a week falling on your knees and saying, God, please help me. I don't know where this is going to come. Exactly. I don't know where, how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay my salaries. 
yeah. I don't know how I'm paying my employees. You are on your knees begging and praying that you can get th- get through this. And you know, it, and it, it, it comes true. I mean, if you if you're smart, if you kind of diligent with it, if you and if you kind of recognize that you need faith, and you know, I'm not telling you what faith to have or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's important to, to have that in what you're doing. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. Especially coming from where you, your background in uh, Wall Street, that's like the ultimate leap of faith. I mean, you got to have some type of uh, religion in your life to take that that jump, and that's a lot of what keeps a lot of people back from making that leap because they don't know the unknown. So you definitely have to have that background to make that type of leap. Yeah, man, if you're not religious before you go into entrepreneurship, you will be by the time you get out of it. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, another question, what what kind of uh, uh, decisions or information do you bring in to decide what you're going to invest to? Uh, what what draws you to certain investments? What make you uh, particular to one than the other? What kind of information do you look into to, to decide what you're going to invest into? I think you know, I, you know, people that are out there. There are tons of people that are investing, and they have all different strategies. I think for me, what I look at is, it's I have to understand what it is that they're doing, and see the opportunity as an unexplored opportunity out there right now. Which is kind of what I what I said before, right? Like there, here you have an entire industry, um, the dry cleaning industry, where the the majority of people that are in it are not the customers, right? That's a tremendous opportunity right there. And if you have someone that kind of comes up with a real business plan. <clears throat> that makes sense, that is adequately budgeted, and that you can see by looking at both the numbers and the plan that there's a real opportunity to move forward. That's the kind of thing that interests me. Um, like I said, other people are looking at other things. Other people are looking at, you know, what's hot right now, right? You know, if, if you know, tech is hot right now, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Wall Street was hot or whatever it is, people yeah. just kind of run in whatever's hot and kind whatever's of trendy, get, into that, get into that end. Right? And I've never really believed in that. I remember the one, one thing that kind of drew me into entrepreneurship is when I was 15 years old, I used to videotape weddings, and most of the weddings <laughs> that we did were, you did too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most all of the weddings day. that we did were all, it were almost all Orthodox Jewish weddings. So I was almost always the only black guy in there. Always. <laughs> I was so Catholic. I, I, would, I would be there, right? And after a while, because I was the only black guy in the room, you know, guys that would go to multiple weddings, they got to know me, and they'd be like, oh, there's a black kid over there. Right. Yeah. So there was one guy, and he, I knew this guy was filthy, which I had no idea what he did. I had no idea what he would do. But he was, really, he was always really nice. He was like, oh, look, here's a, a kid. He's 15 years old. He's out here. He's working. He's hustling. He's doing all this stuff. And he talked to me, and, you know, we actually built up quite a friendship. And so after a while, I kind of got, got, got it together, and I was like, you know, what do you do? I'd see you with all this money, and every time you, you, you know, one of your kids has a wedding or a bar mitzvah, it's always like over the top. You guys yeah. have tons of money. Yeah. What do you do? And he was like, you know what I do, Fred? I make paper boxes. <laughs> so I was, like, what? I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. He said, you know, everyone that, that they think about entrepreneurship, they want to own a restaurant. Yeah. They want to own, they want to make a movie. They want to do all the kind of hot, the, the the stuff that everybody stuff, like, yeah. flashes. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I make cardboard boxes. Right. And so, when I'm out there competing, my competition is not the top brains in the world. The top brains in the world are going up, opening up restaurants, starting tech company, doing all this other stuff. And it's the B and C and D level talent that's saying, okay, let me, I can't do all any of that other stuff. Let me go right. into cardboard boxes. Somebody can like, make the schools and boats. Yeah. Right. He's right. like, I'm A level talent and I'm stepping down over here and already <laughs> dealing with these 
you know, B and C and D level talent over there. So I'm winning in that sense. Yeah. In, in yeah. that way. And he was like, look, whenever you see, and, and when I say cargo box, I mean like the corrugated boxes. So if right. you, you know, when uh, when the, uh, when like soda gets delivered to the to the, the, the supermarket, it's right. in the corrugated boxes. This, that's what he made. He was like, look, out of every box that you see in the United States, I make one out of four. Wow. And that's my business. Yeah. And I just stick to it. I know it. I do it. I've been doing it all my life, and I do it well. And I may love it how I do it. And that always stuck in my head. I was like, wow, you know what? When you're going into industries, you should go into industries where people are really not looking at it, right? Yeah, when yeah. I went to, to, to blogs and, and certainly entertainment news, no one in the world thought that it was an industry. I mean, now it's kind of hard to believe because there's so many people out there doing it. So many but people. No, no one thought it was an industry. People thought it was crazy. I mean, people were telling me, they were like, how can you run an entertainment blog and only talk about urban stuff? Yeah. Can't you talk about some urban stuff and some other stuff? People are so used to seeing that yeah. elsewhere, right? So used to seeing E News, they were so used to seeing stuff like TMZ. Right. They couldn't fathom that there could be a, a, a news agency that was specifically focusing on urban on urban culture. Nor do I want to hear about it. I was in there, <laughs> yeah. right? So I was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna figure out all these other people, all these smart people right. are going in this other direction. I'm gonna get in this lane right over here. No one's really looking. No one really cares. No one really believes that you can make a real business out of it. And I'm going to win in that life. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm chosen. Okay, okay. Currently with the with social media and everything's instant news and you can just turn your phone on and it's something new, how much uh, difficult is it to stay uh, ahead or afloat with all, everybody has a, a, a separate website or you just go to your Twitter line, your, your Twitter feed. How, how difficult is it now in the digital market to stay ahead? Well, I, mean, I think it's different, right? It's, you know, it's the, the game is completely different than when, I went, when we first started. I mean, Definitely. obviously, there's no social media then. Now, social media is kind of the main way that people get their news and their entertainment. Yeah. So you have to make adjustments. I think part of the thing that we've done and we've done smartly is whenever we've made the adjustment, we've made it in a way that makes sense. So, for example, you know, when Instagram popped up and everybody was getting an Instagram, you know, getting on Instagram, a lot of people just said, okay, well, I, I have a media site. Why don't I just immediately put up a, an Instagram page and put my content on Instagram. Mm. And the, while that might seem on a first glance to make sense, you're not able to monetize um, or you're not able to actually make any money off of um, anything that you put up on Instagram, right? right? Or, you're, or it's a lot more difficult to make it up, make up, make money when you um, put something up on Instagram. So we made the conscious effort to not focus on places like Instagram and to focus instead on places like Facebook and Twitter. And it made a lot of it made a lot of sense for us, yeah. and it actually had us win because a lot of our competitors decided, oh no, what we're going to do is we're going to go over there and we're going to pour into Instagram and all these other stuff. Going with the trend, going with that. Right. Yeah. And what they ended up doing is they ended up just cannibalizing their own site, which was kind of where the bread and butter is, where the money comes into. And they've now got an Instagram presence that is a lot different than the same thing. So I think when you're out here, you have to accept and understand that that the times should change. Social media is here to stay. It's there. You have to embrace it. You'll be a part of it. But you have to make wise decisions on where and what and how you use it, and use it in ways that are consistent with your brand and consistent, most importantly, with your business model. Right? Like you have to make sure that you're in business when this whole thing is, is said and done. Right? It's not yeah. just that you know, we're not getting out there, you know, uh, putting together news and, and reports just to kind of hear ourselves out there and have people say, "Oh, wow, you know, I subscribe to your site. Yeah. That's fine." Yeah. But this is a real business, and I think you know you have to look at it like that, think about it like that, 
um, and you have to take the event, take advantage of the opportunities that like that. Since, since I got MTR man himself, I gotta ask you about some popular topics that's going on. First things first, you know we gotta talk about this Mayweather Connor fight. How do you feel? What's your take? What's your views on it, man? Where you wanna okay. go? Who you with? Who you with? Okay, I'm one thousand percent team money Mayweather. <laughs> really? For okay. Me, I don't even really see how it could be a fight. You know what I mean? Like Connor is good and. He knows how to fight in the UFC um, right. world. Right. But fighting against a boxer, that's totally different. That's like saying Tom Brady, who's nice, and say, okay, we're going right. to take Tom Brady and put him in rugby and see how he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tom Brady's going to look like a scrub in rugby, even though yeah. he's probably the greatest football player ever in the right. world, right? So the, 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 the game is just different. It's a different sport. The, the angles are different. The way that you fight is different, and if Conor comes in there and he does that stuff that you've seen on, you know, on any of those uh, videos, I don't think he has any chance of winning that. Not but the one thing I do, you know, Conor knows how to talk, though. You see that? You see the? Did you see the pinstripe suit? No. I mean, <laughs> Dance, so boy. I have never seen a fight. Every time there's a fight, Floyd is always the dude who's making the other dude look crazy, right? Yeah. Right. Conor, his mouth game is tight, right? Yeah. Like, he, he, he knows how to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. He knows how to sell that fight. And, you know, all these people out there, that, these UFC fight fans, they're right. out there thinking, you know what? I think how they might, might just, do this. just might you know, do this. Yeah. Boy's going to make a ton of money on this fight. God bless him. And it's going to be an easy night for him. Well, they got two people who know yeah. how to sell tickets. Right. And that's yeah. and that's one thing that's going to make this such a big fight. Yeah. But and it's going to get better and better. You know, this that was yeah. their first day, and it was already fireworks. They right. still got to come. Maybe come to New York in a couple of days. Yeah. They're going to Toronto. They're doing this all over the country before the fight happens. Like so a rock and roll tour or something. It's going to be a lot of fun before the fight. I don't know how fun the fight's going to be. But before the fight, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Ice Cube probably got the biggest win out of all of this. Because they, yeah, yeah. they had to settle his little deal to move you know, But think about it. You think about it, right? Like, right. That, that arena, the new arena holds, I think, 23,000 people. Right. There was in no way, shape, or form 23,000 people going to show up. That's over the big three. Ah. <laughs> you don't want to see the whole thing about Ice Cube credit, man. Ice Cube <laughs> has a, a nice show. He got a good show. You don't think he was sold it out. That's a come up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think Ice Cube would have sold out the arena? No way he would have uh, sold out the arena. 23,000 people. If he'd have right. given you free tickets, you stole <laughs> <laughs> It was like what the old Clippers used to be. But <laughs> Iverson's <laughs> playing. Iverson's playing, so I would have went. You know? Uh, Come on. I don't know. I mean, so if he'd have won, even if he'd have made it. I mean, the Connor, UFC, the Connor um, Floyd tickets, they're like three, four grand a ticket. You right. know, how much would the, the, the other ticket been like? Two twenty dollars or something like that. Twenty dollars in the food stamp page. You know yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But well, I kind of hope McGregor knocks him out. Oh yeah. hell no! I kind of hope he just knocks him I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still slight racist, so I can't have it happen on on national television, man. I just they won't let him lay it McGregor down. McGregor say he gonna knock him out within four rounds. Nah, I just hope he he gonna kick. He gonna get hit so hard. He gonna try to kick Mayweather. Forget where he at. I don't See, know. is too. A lot of people were thinking about it like, oh, he's gonna knock him out. He's gonna knock out Mayweather because he's bigger, he's strong, or whatever. But he's used to fighting five round fights, right. right? This and five rounds. Remember, he's also on the ground where he can lean on people, all kinds of stuff. Take a breath. This is right. totally different. You're gonna be yeah. on your feet with Floyd in your face. You're gonna be missing him. He's gonna be frustrating you. You're gonna be whatever. 
he's got to go 12 rounds with that. Yeah, right. I'm not sure he has the stamina to go 12 rounds. And he might just quit halfway through, or he might just get knocked out, not because Floyd like hit him with something crazy, he's just tired, but right. just he ran out of energy. You know what I mean? He's never been. This is he hasn't even like had like two or three fights. He could kind of work out the kinks and figure this thing out. Mm. This is his first run. He's gonna get thrown in there and said, "Okay, go 12 rounds with this dude." With Mayweather, with Mayweather, yeah, man. Right. That's Possible. Well, that's you, why you that's, that's why you want to knock him out in four because he can't go past. <laughs> you don't know his mind. Mind. <laughs> like, I'm so tired, Lord. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> definitely. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work out, but it's gonna be a big fight. It's right. gonna definitely be a fight. I got another question for you. Um, being an entrepreneur yourself and being a black man, uh, why do you think it's so important to uh, educate? Especially are you about being entrepreneurs? What's the most important thing? Why do you think that's a good thing for uh, our community to do? Well, I mean, I think we have to take advantage of this. I mean, you think about historically, African-Americans have always been part of entrepreneurship, right? We've been part of entrepreneurship, certainly within our culture, right? Like, so when you went to, if we were talking about in the 40s and 50s, if you went to uh, down south, the black neighborhoods, you saw store owners that were, were African-American, black, right? So we always were a part of entrepreneurship. It's only as of late that we're starting to get freezed out of this, right? Like the idea of the local mom and pop shop is kind of gone away. And the, the you're talking about companies like big companies like Amazon is running most of retail, right? So we, if we don't really get into entrepreneurship, and I don't mean just entrepreneurship like kind of getting your hustle and doing all that. This is a, that's all fine. I'm not knocking that. Go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? If that's what you got to do to pay your bills, go ahead and do it. But I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about high-level entrepreneurship. I'm talking about building the kind of company that can compete with the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks out there. I think if we don't get involved in that now, we're going to get shut out and, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the line, you might look around and there will be no room for African-American businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's not going to be an opportunity for you to just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, go sell this out of my car or go, you know, um, go down and, and, and sell some stuff to my friends. Those opportunities are not going to be there. You're talking about large companies out there, large corporations that are moving in and taking advantage taking everything, of everything. Everything. Yeah. Okay, if that's going to be happening, if this is where the way the world is working, we've got to have at least a couple of corporations in there that we created, that we're involved in, that we're running, that we can, you know, if, if, if you have an, uh, if you had, let's say, you had an African American CEO of a company like Facebook or Google, right? that has a different understanding, right? Like, not to say that there's anything wrong with the people over at Facebook and Google, but if they're gonna go out there and they're gonna hire 80 or 90% of their staff is going to not be African American, yeah. they're gonna do things and run things in a way that that's is gonna be a foul um, of us, right? Not right. because of any racism or anything like that, but that's just the way that that's they are, right? They're just doing what they do and we're kind of out there and they might not even know. They might be like, oh, we're, that, we're doing stuff that hurts you. We don't even know. You know, mm. so but if you have an African American that's there, that's running, you have African Americans that are that and can't even get fired because it's his company, he started. Yeah. You know, everybody absolutely agrees that this is the right person to, to to be there because he's the person who started it, or she's the person who started it. This is the this is the way that things really change. I mean, you know, I can tell you a story about, um, and you know, as a media person, I see this right. Like when, you know, ten years ago, when you look at the the struggles of of gay Americans, right, mm. there was. You talk to people 10 years ago, they'd be like, oh, you know, gay marriage might be 50 years away, maybe you know, 75 years away, people will change, people have to die and change it. But no, then all of a sudden this change happened so quickly. Right. And part of it was, you know, grassroots uh, people in the LGBT movement that were going out there and doing their thing. But they'd always been doing their thing. Right. What changed it 
there were a bunch of wealthy right gay. money talks said, you know what I'm going to stop this. Wealthy gay Republicans, wealthy gay Democrats, wealthy gay, gay people in media, wealthy gay people in... And they said, we're going to stop this. We're going to stop you saying derogatory statements about gay people in the media. And that wasn't an, uh, an LGBT grassroots thing. I mean, they had always wanted that to stop, but no one was listening to them. Right, All right. of a sudden, they started listening to them. When it, and it wasn't even a lot. You're talking about five, ten people with big money came in and said, well, this will end now. And it ended. And it ended. Right? And it ended. <laughs> it's a, lot, a lot to go, but you look at the way of how quickly and how swiftly things change over there. Now, what if you had 10 or 15 real African-American titans of industry? I'm not talking about Oprah's and stuff like that, not right. knocking or anything like that. I'm right. talking about people out there. If it was like, the CEO of Facebook and the CEO of Google and, you know, and uh, the CEO of uh, New York Times or whatever, were all African-American. Right. They all sat down. You know what I'm talking about? Three people mm-hmm. sat down and said, you know what? We are no longer going to allow this police brutality violence to happen. You think that they'd still be there? They right. wouldn't, it wouldn't even exist because they can stop. Now, obviously, they have their own things that their they're looking agenda, to do. Right. Yeah, their agenda, which is fine. Right? Like that's, that's what you do. Right? Like when you're out there, you have your agendas that are personal to you, that, that affected you, that you felt throughout your life. You decided that you wanted to kind of make changes and you, you got to pick your battles and those are the battles that you choose. That's great for them doing that. But we need to be a part of this too at the highest levels. And I think this is this is the way that I'm thinking right now. Right. This is the way that more of us need to think about it. Right? Like, you know, maybe, you know, the, the, the 15 year olds, the 16 year olds that are watching this right now, or the parents that are watching this right now, and they can show it to their kids and they can say, hey, look. Just keep this in mind. Keep thinking about it. Think big. Think all the way big. Don't just think about, you know, getting enough money to, you know, get a car or get a J's or whatever like that. You can do that, too. But think all the way big so that when we come down, we can sit around and we can be talking about this 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 years later, you know, with our grandkids and say, you know what? There were a couple of people out there that really just changed the world for us all, and they're not going to let things go back and yeah. And now, listen, I mean, maybe that's a utopian way of looking at it. But like I said, I saw it with my own eyes with the LGBT movement. I saw it happen. I yeah, saw it. I right. saw people that were doing it. I knew that the, what they were doing and how they were doing it. I think it was a wonderful thing that they did. Right. And I said, why can't we do that too? Why exactly. don't we have that yeah, doing right. it? Oprah, obviously, she was. I mean, part of the reason why we have an African American president is because we had a billionaire named Oprah right. that was backing him up. Went out there right. and said, "Look, I'm going to put my name, my my uh, my my reputation, everything on the line to make that happen." If don't mark my words, if Oprah had not supported after, uh, Barack Obama, we would not have an African American president. Really? So here is one billionaire yeah, who right. put her seal of approval on him and forced the world to take notice of this man. And that's what I'm saying. You had two and three and four people out there like that. And they were able to take that effort that they took. I'm not saying that Oprah should, you know, should do anything else. I think Oprah's done plenty for us right now. Yeah. Right. But if you had two or three or four others like Oprah and said, okay, well, we're going to take our efforts and move it towards police brutality. Well, Oprah should. She should. She should. Listen, I, she took a lot of heat from that. Remember? Right. You know what I mean? Oprah was America's darling before she went over there and supported Barack Obama. Yeah. And after that, right. people have been hitting her and hitting her and doing everything they can to bring her down. So, I mean, that's a lot to ask for a person. Right. To kind of give that, you know, she gave a lot for herself. Now, for her to go back and, and do it again and face the ramifications of the right. second thing, right. that's a lot to ask. That's we, true. What we need to do Thanks. as the other, you know, 
you know, 14 million black people that don't have a billion dollars in America need to do is try to get that billion dollars. Try and be that person that then takes that next one, right? And then maybe somebody else will come after us. And they'll, they'll make a billion dollars and then they'll take that. That kind of, that kind of uh, something with, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the new Jay-Z album, the 444, but that was kind of something he was speaking to in his album. That yeah, I mean, I, ways you can you know, just bring in uh, other people on the same uh, mindset, you know, buy things that mean something to you so you have something and build on that. So if, Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Jay-Z, you know, Magic Johnson, I think there's a lot of people out there, uh, Diddy, that have a 50 Cent, have a lot of money and really do think the way that I'm saying too, right? And maybe yeah. they are thinking and they're waiting for their way to kind of go. I mean, Jay-Z, he's still releasing music right now. You know, he's title. He's kind of wrapped up in title, kind of doing what he's doing over there. But you know, Jay Z, what he's, he's said in his music and what he said in you know the limited interviews you see out there, he's yeah. kind of had that mindset too. And I don't doubt that if he ever got to that point that to break, you know, if title ever kind of got as big as Apple Music or Spotify or something like that, yeah. I don't doubt would be the person doing. I have it. no he's, question he's, that he would. Yeah. Right. He's Definitely. doing stuff right now, right? Yeah. So you know, if he got to that next level, you can only imagine how much more he'd do. But like I said, there needs to be more of us. I mean, we have to encourage that. So, you know, the people out there that, you know, when, when Jay-Z drops his album and stuff, you know, you got a lot of haters out there. When, when Tyler was going through whatever it's going, you got a lot of people out there talking about, oh, well, well, why are we, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, what did Jay-Z do for us? Why do we need to support Tyler? Why do we need to do this? He's, he's talking too much money, he's making all this money. Why should we do that? Why should we pay for his, his, his tickets? Exactly. But if you, you're paying for tickets anyway. You're going to pay Apple Music anyway. You're going to pay Spotify anyway. Right? Yeah, like, right. you're going to pay somebody anyway. Right. So why not, if they offer you a real product that's out there, if you can do that and you can support something like that. Yeah, and right. he can, and knowing, like I said, we've already had this conversation. We already know what kind of dude he is. Yeah, right? Right. Dude is basically showing you that if he were to get to that next level, what he would do. Right. But instead, there's so, much of, so many of us that don't really think like that. Yeah. And so... You'll say, okay, well, I'll give it to, to Apple Music or I'll give it to Spotify, right. knowing that they will not do. Right. Same, right? Yeah. Right. You're completely outside of your interest to do that. Now, I would understand if Title was trash and Spotify and Apple Music was great. I'm kind of enjoying this free six months right now. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. It's free. Listen, man, free. I, got, I didn't even know it was free. I took my phone. It was like free. I was like, okay. I mean yeah. that thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of that out there. Like I said, I'm not I'm not for this, you know, just because he's black or, or she's black or, it's, you know, let's go in and, and, and get an inferior product. I don't yeah. believe in that at all. I believe that you you want to have, you know, we, we're out here spending, making, you know, we, we are working hard for our money. We don't have to just go out there and, and buy an inferior product. But if there is a product that is comparable to it and you have yeah. a person out there that socially you are on the same page with, why wouldn't you do that, right? Like, that's, right. That just makes sense. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He does say, uh, you know, why don't you support somebody who looked the same as you? And, Might as you well. Know, a lot of people, we have that stigma. People of color have a stigma that it's black owned, it must be uh, secondhand, or it must be not as good as. They just might else. not show up on time. You know? I, got, I gotta say, that. <laughs> a lot of people say that, right? And that's yeah. kind of the thing that you hear over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. But I can tell you that in my life, it has not been like that at all. I, yeah, I know that when, you know, when, when, I, when I first started the laundry service, we started it, and I was like, I was so worried about that. I was like, you know, if people find out that these black people that own this company, they're yeah. going to be funny about sending their laundry, or they're right. going to be like, okay, well, we don't, we don't want this thing to, to go or whatever. Right. So 
and, and we were a high-priced, premium-priced laundry service, so I was really nervous about it. I was nervous about white people thinking that way. I was nervous about black people thinking right. that way. But I found out just, and like I said, this is just practically what happened, is that when we went out there and we did it, and maybe people were looking a little funny in the beginning. Once we started going and it was people be- actually started believing that we were could, could be a successful business, we were on the verge of really getting to be a successful business. Black people were pouring in support for black people. I have never gotten that before. I mean, I remember the, the, the interesting part is we were getting a lot of press. We were getting uh, local uh, newspapers were covering us, local news was covering us. We got national press in places like Vogue. But when we got a write-up in Black Enterprise for the laundry service, yeah. that was by far, even till today, and we've, I've gotten written up all over the place. Right, but right. even till today, I'm not sure that I've ever had a piece that had more of an impact on the public than that Black Enterprise piece. People just kind of came out. It was almost like every single black person that I have ever met, right? Like my people I moved from, from kindergarten to Facebook. <laughs> Yo, Fred, I seen you in Black Enterprise. You doing this thing? Yeah, how got some I extra cousins. <laughs> it wasn't even like that. They were like, "Yo, how can I invest? I support what you're doing. That's when dope. are you going to come to the city? When are you going to do this?" So I don't believe that. You know, when people right. say, oh, "You know, black people see stuff," and they don't, I don't believe that at all. I think when black people are so used to seeing black types inferior yeah, products, right? And then, you know, and told to kind of shame into buying them or using them or whatever even though it's inferior yeah so we're sometimes like uh you know what you're gonna kind of push down on me and now you're gonna try to charge me extra i feel obligated i gotta do it now you're gonna give me something inferior and then i gotta pay extra and that's because that way that's some kind of black tax or something yeah (laughs) so we're feeling funny like that and so we're a little bit nervous when we see stuff but when we see that it's real and it's there and it's of quality and everything. That's when we come in and we're like, okay, support it, we're yeah. good on this. We, right. we will support it. We're on it and everything. Like that. Oh, we got to get on Black Enterprise, man. Got to. Fred, plug this in, man. I'm telling you, you can get on there, you're going to be like, wow, I can't yeah. believe it. Right. Yeah. We, we were written up in Vogue. We were written up any place you think of, we were there. Right. But Black Enterprise, that was the biggest piece that you, I've had. And you that know, company, still get that at work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but that piece right there was that was a big piece with our community our that's community amazing. Is that's dope. That's dope. I love the fact that here is a young brother that's out here doing it yeah looks right. like he's right about to pop how can we help you get over that hump so that you can pop so I think that, there, that is always there for my, for that is, my people and I think that's there with everyone right like if there's a woman that's out there and she's doing it and people see it they're like wow look you know, women can do it. Women start coming on there. If there's an LGBT person, I think a lot of times that, that happens too. This is just something that I think is natural. I think a lot of times we like to down ourselves as black people and act like we don't act in the same kind of way that naturally everyone else acts. Right. Yeah. We do. We do. I think, you know, when, when we just want, like I said, it's just high quality product. Right. It's common to everything out there and you're not trying to overcharge. You're doing that and you're winning, you will have black people. Now, when you in the laundry service, I get my I used to get my shirts uh, dry clean. Well, you really cleaning these shirts because I get my shirts clean. Cleaning no shirts. And my collar used to be uh, still dingy, and my sleeve wasn't pressed. Like, we no really cleaning these shirts. I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I look back at what we did. We were perfect at it. We would go in there. We had like wave to clean. The, we would clean every collar. Yeah. We clean the inside of the shirt over here. We would clean the cuff. The cuff the too. Cuff too. The cuff. The, cuff the, the crust in the back good. of that neck. <laughs> good when you came back and we would high hand press it too come on everything was come on Fred. <laughs> i'm telling you i would do it too man i could even now like so 
I, you know, I would go some places. My boys would be like, oh, you know, like we, we went somewhere and, I, and, and we were at the pool and I was folding the towels. And I folded like 50 towels perfectly. They'd be like, yo, how did you know how to do that? And I was like, like, what's in them? Yeah. It's a little like an iron shirt. back at the right. level. Right That's now. crazy. That's crazy. That's dope. Do you have any advice for uh, promising upcoming entrepreneurs who's trying to get out there and do their thing? What advice do you have for them? I, I mean, I, I like to think about entrepreneurship as kind of three stages, right? Like you're, you know, when you when you read about people that are entrepreneurs and successful entrepreneurs, most of the time, statistics say you'll be successful on your third business, right? Okay. And so. I looked at that, I was like, okay, well, why, why is that? And I kind of came up with this idea that entrepreneurship comes in three different stages, right? Like your first stage is where you kind of make a ton of mistakes and you're just kind of going into it and it's almost a learning experience. Right. And I think right. if you're going to go into entrepreneurship, you really have to think about it like this, right? Like the first stage, the first company I, do, I, I come into, the first company I create, this is going to be a learning experience and I'm not going to make any money and it's going to fail. You have to accept that going into it. Not that you want it to fail, not that you're trying to make it fail, but you have to accept that that's the most likely scenario and try and get the best out of it, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, when you, once you work, once you kind of get your mind in that framework, you start to do things a lot differently, right? For, so, for example, if you walk into a, a business knowing that you started this business and knowing that it's not likely to be successful, um, what you will do is, let's say, let's say that you do start to see some success after six months, after seven months. If you if you still have that mindset that listen, this business is never really going to be anything or, or get to the point that I want it to be because I'm just not ready <clears throat> as an entrepreneur. I'm not at that stage where I can make this even happen. So what you'll do is, if you have that mindset, is as it gets to six months, seven months, eight months down the line, if somebody comes in like a bigger entrepreneur that says, or you know, like, I, I have a perfect example. I know that when we were, um, when I was blogging early on, I know one of our competitor blogs, Oprah Winfrey, went to them. And they were like, hey, I like what you're doing. This is pretty early in the early stages of the blog. I'd love for you to come kind of take your blog and come to me and work work with me and my right. company and kind of mm -hmm. do it. And of course, the woman at the time said, no, she didn't want to do it. Because in her mind, she said, look, I got this big, successful blog business why would I ever go over there and do something with Oprah, right? It's right. Oprah, it's Oprah though. <laughs> yeah, but she's, she's thinking, okay, I'm making, you know, whatever, I'm making 100 grand, 200 grand, and I might be making a million in a year or two. Okay. Oprah's yeah. not paying me that, right? Yeah. Like, Oprah's gonna hook me up, she might give me like, uh, you know, a nice little whatever, but right. she's not gonna pay a million dollars like that or whatever, not, not at, at 25 years old, right? That takes vision right there, that really? takes vision. But like I said, if in her mind she was thinking, okay, this is my first business over here, it's not going to work. So what I should do is get rid of it, because it's already going to fail, and take advantage of that opportunity with Oprah right there, which is really going to make me grow as a person, as an entrepreneur, as everything. That would have been the smart move to make. She didn't make it. Eventually, she, her business went down, and I don't know how she feels about it right now or whatever else. But a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the early business, when they get early success, don't realize that. And so they just kind of go in there and thinking, okay, well, I'm getting success today. I'm going to keep getting success. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm getting success is I'm this great entrepreneur. I am, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, <laughs> Charles Hamburg or whatever. Real deal. And eventually, I'm I'm it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? So if you, so I think if you look at your first, your first entrepreneurship as kind of like a learning experience, you don't get too down on yourself if it doesn't work. 
who will take advantage of the opportunities that come up, right, as a result of any success that you see. And I think it kind of takes you to that next level. The second stage of entrepreneurship is usually your second business or, you know, your second phase of business. And that's when now you kind of, all of kind of the dumb mistakes you kind of made, right? And so now you're kind of at the point where you can probably kind of get, start a business with reasonable success, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know how to put together a budget, you know the kind of the top 10 mistakes to make, you know, you know how to put this together and you kind of go into a business like that. But even then, there's kind of like second level, it's almost like you've moved from elementary school to high school, high school to college, right? Like the, the problems get more difficult and you are, you come in your face with problems that you haven't seen before. You don't really know how to get out of. You might have to raise money. Raising money is an entirely different thing, right? You have to deal with investors. That's a whole different thing, right? So there's all kinds of a second tier or second level issues that you kind of have to deal with. And you just kind of have to take a look at the second level and just like the first, and I know this is a hard thing to say, but just like the first, realize that that business is likely a throwaway business too. Mm-hmm. You're not, you basically are gonna be like, okay, mm-hmm. I am I am gonna have to do this and I'm gonna take the same same thing, I'm gonna take advantage of the opportunities that are out there and I'm gonna kind of go to grow. Because eventually, an entrepreneur, like the way I look at it, is you are really invested in building yourself to be an entrepreneur. You are the business, right? Like, whatever you do, whatever, however you put it together, this is you. You're building a skill set that will allow you to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, or to be the next um, um, Sergey Brain, or Shell Zambrick, whoever you're talking about. Usually, by the time you get to the third level, you've seen it all. You've seen all kinds of mistakes. You've made, uh, you know, if you've taken advantage of the opportunities that are out there, you have a name out there. You can probably raise money. You can probably get investors. You can probably just by virtue of what you know, get and create a company and have a very fairly good understanding of how you can put it together, get it up and running. And you're at the point where you as an entrepreneur are comfortable saying, I can start a business. If I hear an idea, it's a good idea. I know where to get the money. I know how to put the budget. Right. I know how to start it. I know how to start it. I know how to take it all the way to as high as, as it needs to be. And that's usually, like I said, that's usually why it takes statistically it shows that the entrepreneur gets to the third level. And I think a lot of times we try and fight against statistics. Yeah. Accept them. Right? Mm. Accept them. You know, you gotta accept the fact that there will be losses out there. That the majority of the decisions that you make will be bad ones. Yeah. You don't make it really bad ones. And you hope that in between those bad ones, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of good ones. Everybody wanna hit a home run out the Somewhere game. Somewhere at that yeah, Everybody wanna hit a home run. Like, And that's what, and I think if you look at entrepreneurship like that, it's like instead of looking at it as like an invention, I think most people think of entrepreneurship, they think of an investment, an an idea, or an invention. Oh, I came up with this great idea, that means I'm going to be Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, I came up with this great, you know, I I, I figured out this invention and I was able to make, you know, put it together. That means I'm going to be Mark Zuckerberg. No, that's not exactly how it works. When you think about it, you know, Mark Zuckerberg did not create the first social network. Right? There was MySpace on there that was incredibly successful before. Right? Yeah. He didn't he didn't create something new, right? He just adjusted, right? When you think about Bill Gates, who's you know the richest man in the world right now. Right. One of the richest men in the world. I mean, he didn't even create Microsoft, right? He bought it, right? Like he bought yeah. it and then he said, Okay, well now let me get a bunch of people out there that are programming and know how to do it. Right. So he yeah. wasn't even he didn't he wasn't he didn't create anything, right? He created the business model to put that whole thing together. So we have to stop thinking of entrepreneurship as kind of an idea that I had or a uh, uh, invention uh, or something. 
mentioned that you had, and think of it as kind of a career that you're building up. Just like you would think about your career as an actor, just like you would think about your career as an attorney, as your career as a, as a doctor, as a career as whatever. You start off in one place and you build up a series of skills so that there'll come a point in your life where you will be that. You will be a doctor, right? Like you might start off and you might have your MD, you know, but you might not really be good at a doctor at, at, at being a doctor. Right. And that's all you practice and you kind of do it, that you will be a good doctor. And then at that point, you're a good doctor wherever you go, right? Like you don't have to worry about, okay, well, is this person going to hire me or whatever? You could, you're a good doctor. You know how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I think entrepreneurship is like that. Like if you do it and you do it properly and you and <coughs> take advantage of all the opportunities out there, you are an entrepreneur. And it doesn't matter what, you know, you know I'm doing media take out right now. I've got a couple of other projects out there. But I'm very confident as an entrepreneur that I can, if all of a sudden, Everything disappeared tomorrow. Yeah. That I'd be able to completely start another company. It would be relatively successful. It might not be as successful as me to take out, but uh, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it might be He's enough. Hold on Take care of my family. <laughs> get me a nice couple of cars. Do everything just like anyone else. You know, whatever, every, uh, whatever skill that they have, that they can say, well, if I lose this job, I can find another job. Yeah. Entrepreneurship should really be like that. Like, if I lose this, because of the skills that I have as an entrepreneur, I can do it again. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. And I think if you do look at it like that, by really building yourself up and building the skill set that you have, I think that's when you can really start to become um, or be comfortable being a successful entrepreneur. That's the hustler ambition right there. No, them real things. The hustler ambition. So be prepared to take an L. Right. L's will happen, but just build on that, learn along the way. Everything's not a home run. Uh, you gotta, you gotta build up some things. Right. I tell you that all the time, man. Man, I'm trying to learn. I'm hard here. A little slow. <laughs> I'm a little slow sometimes. Uh, since we're on Act Two, we got a, a, a music segment. We wanted to know uh, what you're listening to right now, man. What's what's in rotation on your playlist? <coughs> all right, um, I still got Migos on there. Uh, Just don't ride the airplane <laughs> with them now. Don't ride Delta with them. Bob's got Child Joy. Uh, Say it again. The Vibes Cartel. Vibes. I missed that one. I missed that one. I heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance hall artists. Oh, okay, okay. Kim, that's the Kim joint. Yeah, she would know that. Kim would know that. We have a friend named Kim. She knows all this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I like that. I mean, the DJ Khaled, the Rihanna joint. Okay. The, the Maria Maria part two, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, okay. I was thinking about that too. I was like, didn't I hear this song before? Somewhere? I was riding down the road. I called myself Maria. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. What happened to those two? <laughs> Did you do a media takeout story about them? <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah, we. I mean, we always we, we get Rihanna all the time. I mean, you know, but do, do, have you seen Rihanna recently? How she put on a couple of pounds right yeah. there? Ain't nothing wrong like, with a little extra meat. In a good way, though. Like, yes. Saying, like, she's growing. She got that grown woman weight on her yes. right now. She's like. Yeah, good, she, Rihanna just leveled up. She, she, she eating good. <laughs> yeah, she eating good. She's looking good. I mean, you know the thing about it is, you if, if you put no weight, you want it to come on like naturally, to come right. on like progress. You don't want it progress. to be like you know what I mean. What but happened to you? Right. I think it's too, think about Rihanna. You think about how many people out there have plastic surgery. They had their nose done. They had mm. their breasts done. They had their, and Rihanna didn't do none of that. Not no. Kind of, as she grows. Everything is just kind of coming in and filling in properly. Right there. 
Yeah, very much right, so. Right, looking, looking very good. What they said, like a snack, like a full <laughs> meal. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, uh, speaking of fine, Amber Rose, she went to the hood, visit the family. Yeah, she went to the hood to visit his family. Who, 21 Savage? You know, 21 Savage. But grandma and everybody. Like, well, what is that? Right? Like, on yeah. one hand, you like, you like, I don't want to stand in the way of love. It seemed like 21 Savage. Yeah. Knows up, you know, Very much so. Love right. So, on one hand, you're like, okay, that's cool. And then, on the other hand, you think it's too. You don't really want to judge Amber Rose too well. You know what I mean? Too you don't want to judge well. nobody. You can change. Right. However, however, <laughs> however, however, okay. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. Okay. <laughs> Furry Bush and all. You still smash. I just think, I think Rob need to call Rose. 21 Savage like, don't do it, bro. Don't do it. Yeah. Rob need to that's call him. Saying, saying, especially after seeing what happened with after China. After seeing that. Whatever right. he, whatever he, you know, Amber Rose is over there probably calling up China like, why you do that? Why <laughs> you do that? messing up the game. I haven't cashed in yet. I haven't cashed in yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy right there. So man. what's next for you, Fred? What's next for you? Well, I, mean, we, I think we got a lot of interesting things. I mean, New Take Out is obviously my baby. Um, it kind of put me on the map, and I'm really happy with it. Yeah. I actually love coming to work every day and kind of doing it. I mean, you can see I love talking business and all this other stuff. When you start talking about Amber Rose and that other stuff, too, that's <laughs> as fun to me, even more fun than any of the other stuff. Right. So it's you know, it's 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 always going to be with me. But we're launching uh, a new site called CrowdShot. And uh, crowd shot, it's uh, you crowd? different. No, crowd shot. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, let's look kinky, though, friend. I like it, <laughs> but you know, you gotta tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is it's a different company in that it uses artificial intelligence okay. to edit videos, right? So the idea is that people out there, when you go to um, say you go to a wedding, you you're sitting in the audience and you see that there everyone kind of has their phones and they they have it up and they're videotaping the wedding. Yeah. When they go home, they everyone has their own kind of rendition of what the what the uh, what what happened at the wedding. But wouldn't it be nice if at the wedding they could say, well, you know, I'd love to see not only what I have, but I'd love to see what everyone at the wedding taped. Uh, I'd love to see like a combination video or have all of those videos edited together so we could have a professional quality video that was taken essentially with people with this with the camera phones. And that's what Crouch does. It takes right. all the video, puts them together edits them using artificial, artificial intelligence right. and the end result is what looks like a professional quality video right. so that's the that's the company that i'm working on right now we're hoping to launch in the next couple of weeks that's um, nice. but, oh it's yeah, coming it's, pretty uh, soon then. yeah yeah, it's yeah, yeah we, i've been working on it now for uh, about a part of a year and a half it's you know okay. uh, hoping to launch a little bit earlier but it's definitely coming i think you're going to hear a lot about it in the next Hey Fred, you be thinking, man. You, you own it, you man. Stay on your toes. Man. You need an employee, bro. I'm willing to leave my job anytime. It's no problem. I work hard, Fred. I work hard. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I'm proud of you, man. For real, from one black man to another, because it's very hard out here. That's very. Crazy. I mean, we need it. I mean, we need it not only what I'm doing out there. I mean, and this is this part of where I, when when I was thinking about starting Crowd Shot, right? I was looking to take out music. I was doing great. Uh, 
but then it kind of struck me it was like you know you know i'm preaching this stuff about what we need to do about how we need to kind of get to that next level we can not only just live a comfortable life but be able to be in the positions to have the kind of influence to really affect people right and and financially have the, the financial influence to affect people and i was like it's almost not fair to black folk for me a person out there that figures out i'm on my third business right like i figured those one two three things out right like i'm, I'm here i'm here a couple and i now what am i gonna do i'm just gonna sit back and chill for that where there's a whole lot of other folks that maybe they're not gonna get to this level. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have the opportunity that they have to take this into the next level. And you know, it's a it's definitely it's a lot of work to sit down and talk to my family and be like, you know, we're gonna have to kinda of go through all the kind of hustle steps that we had to go through before and you know, it's gonna be a change. And it's a lot, it's almost a sacrifice to do it. Right. But it kinda of has to be done. If I'm not the one doing it, right? Like the person who has an Ivy League degree, who has a name in the industry, who has access to you know some of the all the best tech people in, in the industry? Who has relationships with people at all these different companies? If I'm not gonna do it, who's who am I waiting for to do it, right? Right, right? And that was when I was like, look, I gotta do it. I gotta, you know, even though it might not necessarily be in my short-term best interest to kind of do it personally, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because it's gonna, you know, taking and, and launching um, what I expect to be one of the first. Real, um, you know, and, and not to put any other companies down, but just to kind of have a, a real tech company that's out there using. I mean, the company, the the, the, the technology that we're using was it took people four years to build, and right. many many millions of dollars with patents on it. Right. You only see this type of interface in movies, so that's yeah. More, you don't yeah. you don't see this. I mean, you don't see that many times. But you have black people that say, okay, I'm going to do that. I mean, Jay Z's doing it with Tyler. I think that's great. Right. You need more out there that are coming out there doing it at the highest levels and yeah. they're not just with you know some other blogger on here right. you know launching an Instagram channel and doing right. this whatever we're wrong with that Cisco. we're talking about coming in there and saying okay I'm competing with Facebook I'm competing with Google I'm launching the kind of product out there that not only I'm not going to even just not because I'm saying I'm right. the world and the marketplace is going to see exactly what I'm doing and there are ramifications to that there are people out there that are looking at it and saying oh wow black people I'm really out here doing it like this, right. and maybe that'll make you know whether or not this ends up being as successful as, as I expect it to be. Um, that'll have that'll, that'll be an impact there, right? When next time that there's a black engineer for a job over at Facebook, maybe they'll go out. You know, that dude Fred's doing it. I don't care before. You know, we might want to hire this dude. We might go work with Fred, or you know, something like that. Right. So, you know, that's the kind of impact that you know when you get to kind of where I am, stage that I am, that you start thinking about more so than you know the next. You know, check coming in here there, and so that's kind of the you know, behind um, starting crowd shop. And like I said, I think you know in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going forward, you could be in a lot more about it. And I think that's very important for people to see more people right. of color in positions like that because right. it will influence the next generation. Who like there's we people need, out here right now who only seen only had a black president right. until Trump came. Right. So they they familiar with a black person in a, in a, in a high position. So right. seeing the Jay-Z's and the Fred's and doing things like that will, will spark the mind of the next generation. So that's that's very much amazing and, and much needed right. to do. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Man, I, I got one question. Do you still catch flag for media takeout? Do you still yeah. catch? You know, it's such a weird, we've been around for so long, yeah. it's right. not even, you don't even really get it, right? Like even when there's 
there's somebody's upset with it. It's not really they're not really all that upset. Yeah, I got right. relationships with so many people. Some people you'd be like, yo, you do not have a relationship with them. We do. And I'm we cool and they call me up and be like, yo, what the hell you got on the site? Whatever. Right. <laughs> like you know how it is. You know, you know, you, you know, you know, you got caught with that thought. <laughs> you know how to hustle, dog. You know on, how I, I had to report it. Yeah. I, mean, I told you, you about it. See, when I have these conversations, I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to just get rid of crowd shot. I need to, you know, stay up and do that. But like I said, I, you know, I'm always going to be a media takeout. We're always going to be there. Uh, it's it's been a great time here, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to continue to be around there. But I think I'm I'm really excited about crowd shot. What we're going to be doing over there. And like I said, if it works out like I think it will. Um, the kind of impact that we can really have. I mean, as a company, I think the impact that it's going to have to the industry, I mean, you know, it's disrupting an industry that I think um, needs it. But as a, as a, as black folk, to right. just be able to go over there and watch, right? Like, this is <clears throat> the whole idea behind it. I'm telling y'all what I'm doing, right? right? And you get to watch it real time. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Right. You get to watch it. Now, maybe it doesn't work, but if it does, you would have been like, wow, this dude is not only is he he's spitting the game, he's telling y'all what to do. He actually and did it. Watch him run and yes, watch him did. do it. Right. You know? That's the idea right there. Right. And that's the part that motivates, right? Because I can sit over here and tell you anything that I, I want. I can sit over here and say, I got 15 different reasons why you need to do this. You need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And maybe I'm telling you something out of, I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I don't. Maybe I figured, oh, I only really had six. But it sounds better to have 10, so I threw four. You know, <laughs> throw these extra numbers out here. Make it sound sexy. <laughs> but when you get to watch it and you get to see it, there's no denying what is happening and the hustle that he's giving you and the game that he's giving you and showing you and how it works. And that is the only, that is the best motivation that you get. When you look at it and you see, you know, a lot of our, 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 our young people are going into, you know, sports and entertainment. You got people that are, 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 are criticizing that. Well, think about it. The people that are out there spitting game and telling you what to do and how to do it, all the sports and entertainment people, right? Like right. 50 Cent will give you game on how to be a rapper and a rap mogul, right? Like if you listen to him, you right. watch his, 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 um, his interviews, you listen to his game, his career, he will tell you how to do it. So right. there's a lot of people like, yo, that's the game that they're given right now. Mm. That's the game I'm going to take. LeBron, Kobe, whatever, they're going to tell you how to be a good basketball player. They'll tell you how to practice. They'll tell you this is what you need to do. There's a lot of people out there giving you that game. So we're getting, if, if the game that we're getting is how to be a good uh, sports athlete, uh, how to be an athlete, how to be a, uh, a hip-hop artist, well, that's what we're going to do because that's right. the game that we get. Right. But if there is alternative game that we get on how to be a successful entrepreneur, how to be a successful business people, I truly believe that our people will accept it and take it and run down that path just as well as the Definitely, definitely. You mentioned 50 Cent. Do you watch Power? I do, man. That's what my favorite shit is. <laughs> who, you, who you trying to kill off first, man? You got the ah, choice. Angela, send the ball. So they probably all going to die, right? <laughs> Facts. Very much so. Facts. <laughs> I thought dude was going to be Tommy Daddy. I just was waiting for it to come out. I was like, that's Tommy Daddy. I know it is. <laughs> I just know it. I think Trick need to get jumped on it. So that's yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that kid. It's hard to watch. His sister man. need to beat his ass. <laughs> this little dude is annoying as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that, he ain't never been a good kid in that damn movie he played in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, Fred, man, I really appreciate you doing this. Right. Anything that you want to talk about that we forgot to ask you, man? Anything? Uh, 
I think that's about it. I mean, I think I, you know, I said a lot of the stuff. Like right. I said, you know, I'd love for for people to kind of just watch. Well, like I said, I'm not. I'm going to tell this. I'm telling this story to you guys right now. I'm going to tell this story to everybody out there that's watching it. And the hope is that people actually watch what I'm saying. Watch the way that I'm moving. Watch the game. The, the game that I'm giving y'all, and and see how to be successful in this world, right? Which is a little bit different, right? Now we're taking it to the next level. You have a lot of people out there who spend a lot of time getting us up to this point where we can now eat. Now it's, it's our turn at the table. We got to eat. And like I said, I'm just hoping to just show people the possibilities in there. Very much so. Well, I appreciate you giving us this game. Thank you. Appreciate you giving the world this game. It's much thanks. needed. Different lanes to take, man. I appreciate you doing this. And you inspired my petty when I first watched me to take out. So I appreciate that. I told you Fred is petty. He yeah. has the deep burning soul of petty in him. You know it. You already know that. <laughs> man, I appreciate it, right. man. Now, you got any shout outs you want to do in the, uh, your IG accounts? Anything you want to shout out real quick before you go? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I got people running those accounts right now. It's hard <laughs> Okay. That's how it's yeah. only up top. It's okay. only up top, man. It's baller stuff. He said, bro, I got people that do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't worry right, about man. that no more. I appreciate it though, man. Yeah. Thank All you right. very much, man. That's uh, right. We're gonna be sure to send you a t-shirt too. Yeah, what, right. what size you need? What size you need? Uh I think I'm a large right now. All right, bet, bet. He lied. He said right now, Fred, you finna get that gym on him? Yeah, man. I mean, I've been doing sit-ups, man. We're both trying. Fred, thank you so much, man. Salute. Thank Thank you for doing the power lunch, y'all. So we'll be back, you guys, with Act 3. I got time today, cuz. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Fred. All right, man. What's good, Power Lunch Hour fans? I have the latest innovative technology feat for you. It's an app called Cough in the Act. Are you tired of people going through your phone when you're not looking? Are you tired of your girl checking your phone to see who just texts you? Are you tired of your man checking your phone to see who texts you? Well, we have a new app called Caught in the Act. You can search for it on the Android market and the Play Store. Look for Caught in the Act. It's only $2.99. It takes a picture of anybody trying to use your phone without your permission. Emails it to you so you know who it was. So if they lied, you can't figure out why your phone is locked for a whole two to three minutes. Now you know. And you get a picture of them caught on it. You can put them on blast. Look at them going through my phone. Look at them. You got your proof right there. Caught in the act on the Android market. Check it out. $2.99. That's a deal if I've ever heard of one. Now let's get back to the show. What up, what up, good people? It's your boy, I'm something else. Here to let you know about our great, great sponsors at Papa Top Wine, Spirits, and Beverages at 1901 South University, Little Rock, Arkansas. Now listen up. Papa Top got the best deals in town on all your dope beverages. They got anything you need from Chardonnay to Tangeray, from exotic to hypnotic. So let's throw it back like it's 2002. Make yourself an incredible Hulk and do it for the culture. So talk to our good friends at Papa Top, Wine, Spirits, and Beverages, 1901 South University. Let them know the Power Lunch Hour sent you, and have a great weekend. Now let's get back into it. I got time today, cuz. I got time today, cuz. As we always do at this time. Yeah. Man, we ain't talk about it, but you want to go first or you want me to go? Um, It's your world, bro. 
Let me knock mine out, because yours feel like it probably got a little more hell in it than mine. Oh, that's not too much hell. Yeah, mine's just, you know, let's get it over with. Anyway, um, I got time today, cuz. What you got time for today, cuz? According to Business Insider, less than two weeks after sales of recreational marijuana kicked off in Nevada, stores are running out of pot to sell. Ain't that some shit? According to the state's Department of Taxation. On Friday, Governor Brian Sandoval, of all goddamn names, that's not my guy time today, I just read his name was Sandoval, too funny, endorsed the department's call for a statement of emergency, which will allow for more licensed distributors, in the Re- according to the Reno Gazette Journal. Nearly 50 dispensaries in the state have licensed to sell marijuana for recreational use. Those sales got underway on July 1st. But those same retailers do not legally have the authority to restock the, uh, their inventory. Alcohol wholesalers have the exclusive right to move marijuana from growers to retailers in Nevada. As part of a temporary court order that was extended in June by Carson City District Court District Judge. The rule aims to promote the goal of regulating marijuana similar to alcohol and protect liquor stores from losing business as the demand for recreational marijuana rises. Look at here. Mm-hmm. Arkansas voters. I'm talking to y'all right now because right now this is my residence. God damn, do you see how much money they motherfucking making? Get your punk asses off your high horses. Go out and vote for some legal marijuana and not just the medical shit. Make it recreational. You can have all these schools back open. Yeah. You have all these motherfucking roads fixed. You can yeah. have a whole bunch of infrastructure done, paid for, free, taxpayers' money. It's right there. And for you alcohol people that's worried that your business going to go down, look at this agreement. <coughs> Excuse me. Look at this agreement. They have the perfect agreement for you. You can be the you can be the motherfucking coke man. Yeah. You can be literally you can be the coke driver to go drop off the marijuana and get paid for that. Mm-hmm. Everybody get a motherfucking check. Why don't y'all in Arkansas want to get this money? What you scared of? We got the best soil in the United States. Imagine marijuana was just grown here legally. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You don't have to wait till it go through six people before it get to you. Imagine if it was grown here legally. You know how good that marijuana would be? You know how much money we would make? We have motherfuckers coming from all states connected to us. Facts. Get this motherfucking money. Get off your house. Quit feeling all old black. No, I don't believe that Bible Belt State bullshit. Because guess what? Obama got elected. It can happen. It can happen. You can do it. Motherfuckers come around with a petition. Sign that bitch. We trying to get this shit legal. Quit bullshitting. We got too many people locked the fuck up in jail over pussy ass marijuana charges. It makes no sense. If you're driving down the street and do smell marijuana, you should let you keep on going. Because they know you're driving slow and you're handling business. <laughs> you should not get a ticket or have to go to jail because you high. Yeah. Now, if you overly high, like the Carmichael show said at the end, did you watch it? Yeah. You know, it's it's one thing to use a substance, but when you abuse it, it's two different things. Mm, he's overly high. Overly high. When you don't know, motherfucker, you should be driving or flying. You don't need to drive. They they got like a, a breathalyzer test and field sobriety test. I, it, there's not a weed test. There's what? not a weed test. So I mean, how you know if you're overly high or not? Uh, easily. 
Turn on the AC. Five seconds. Tell that person don't move in the car mm-hmm. for five minutes. If they go to sleep, mm-hmm. they don't. They fail. Okay. If they looking for some food, they wide the fuck away. They was on their way to the grocery store to go get something to eat because they got the munchies like a motherfucker. They still up. It's that simple. Yeah. They still wild awoke and they know what they need to do. How long y'all gonna hold me here? Because I'm hungry in a motherfucker, bro. I was on my way to the store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Come on, y'all. Let's get this shit legal. Quit bullshit. Nevada had to call a state of emergency. We need more weed. We need more weed. These motherfuckers <laughs> buying it. And it's not just the people you think. It's school teachers. It's doctors, lawyers. Everybody was in that line. Look at the video. Look at the pictures. Everybody was in that motherfucking line. If I see my goddamn doctor in the damn line, I'm going to have to change doctors, to be honest with you. Man. Look here, Doc. I appreciate it, though, man. This surgery ain't going to work. <laughs> he high shit while he doing this surgery. I, I, I do surgery well when I'm high. You know what I'm saying? I focus better. Yeah. Never know. He could be saving your life magnificently while he had sober. Fucking around, give you two motherfucking uh, uh, two hearts. They said two hearts. Had to think of a body part. I didn't want to say the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Had to think of one that was safe. <laughs> I, I know my barber does a very good job when he's high. Hell when, yeah. he's, when he's sober, he, he he doesn't really give me as crisp as I need to be. Right, man. I try to make sure I at least take one of my barber while I've got a haircut. I want them focused. You know, that's when they creative mind open up. Yeah. So then they come with that nice shit. I did you the, the double fade with the side taper. Yeah. The what? Nigga, this shit just fresh. That's all I know. That's, That's all, all I, I know. know. I look good. Bitches finna holler at me. That's all I need. I'm finna corrupt somebody's daughter tonight. Yeah. That's all I motherfucking need. But hey, Arkansas voters, get off your ass. Let's get this shit legal and quit bullshitting. And that's my I got time today, cuz. Right on. Right on. Right on. Well, I have time today, cuz. What do you have time for today, cuz? <laughs> and when I do this, I'm not coming for nobody, but I'm coming for everybody. Uh-oh. I'm paying for it. And this is my thing, you know, it, and we've been talking about this Jay-Z album last, you know, episode and, you know, <laughs> how it came out and people's reaction to it. And I let it all die down with all the discussion, all the Facebook uh, conversations and Twitter rants and shit. This is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. We as a people gotta stop tearing people down that's trying to do some good shit. Got to. I just, I mean, I don't care your your outlook or your views on Jay Z on how you feel about him or whatever the case may be. But you gotta respect the man for doing something positive. This man is a damn near billionaire. Gotta respect his entrepreneurship. Collective, a billionaire couple. And he's doing something, giving you game and, and, and let you know about shit that you need to do. Facts. I see a lot of shit on social media saying he talking down on people that don't have money. He talking about million dollar investments. We don't have a million dollars. He not saying you got to have a million dollars. He telling your dumb ass how investments work. Right. He paid a million dollars and the shit worth two now. And this is going to be worth eight. You ain't got to get a million dollar painting. Just invest in some shit and that investment will make more money. That's what his example was. But everybody won't take it like, oh, you want to talk down people who ain't got money. We all can't have million dollars and invest. 
He not saying that. No, you can start with five dollars with your dumb ass. Dumb ass. You know what I'm saying? You talk. You, you act like he's talking down to you. He just talking from a viewpoint that right. he's going through and making an example. Take right. that example and go with it. He's right. not saying you gotta have a million. No, he just telling you how investments work. Put thought into what you purchase is what he's trying to tell Stop your dumb money ass. Money on dumb shit and and, and put in something that make money for you with your retarded ass. And the thing is that pisses me off about it is that. You love when Jay Z was talking about popping bottles and paying strippers and you know stunting on niggas like ace oh yeah bottles. I got that, an ace bottle in my hand talking bitch. that money shit. But when he started talking that money shit, you like he talking down to you. Yeah. So you don't want to respect it when he's trying to help you, but you like it when he's talking that dumb shit. Mm-hmm. You like that. He's talking about money both ways, but you don't like it when he's trying to give you game. So you dumb motherfucker saying that Jay Z not doing it for the culture. He's not trying to help black people. Like he's trying to talk down on them. Is really not listening to what the fuck he's saying at all. You not you missed the whole fucking point. And I talked to my homegirl, and she gave me a great viewpoint. It's just like some people are not at that level just yet. That's just, that's your motherfucking problem. You're not at that level. They can't. They not. They can't receive the message because they're not at that level to understand it. And I get that. But don't talk down shit that you're not prepared to receive because right. I think he's actually doing a good job. Jay Z is a millionaire. He don't have to tell you this shit. He give you he the game for money. free. He already got money. He ain't got to tell you this shit. Just respect it for what he's doing. Just like what Fred just did. He just gave you the game for free. Right. Because it's necessary. And Jay-Z says, why won't you support somebody that looks like you? Right. Jay-Z has title. You're going to go to Spotify and iTunes and shit like that and get the same quality uh, uh, product. Right. But you don't want to support this man because he's, oh, he's trying to get over on us or right. you know he's just trying to get his money up. He don't care about black people. Look, Jay-Z got money. He ain't really got to do this shit for you, and he's doing it. Just respect him what he's doing and, and just support a black man. Like I said about Umar Johnson, like just support somebody that's trying to right. do something. Stop trying to tell people down. The, the, uh, the phrase I was trying to say last segment when we was talking with Fred is information sharing. It's free information sharing. It's what when scientists or brilliant minds pull their thoughts together and give it to you. Lay it all out there for free. Yeah. And for you to take the patent from. You can use it. You can use that blueprint to be great. Yeah. But you motherfuckers just don't want to fucking listen. At all. You want you think somebody's trying to talk down to you. That's your problem. You need to look up and listen. Yeah. Instead of thinking somebody's trying to sun you. Everybody's not trying to sun you. If I already got the game, I got to have none of this conversation with you. I we retired three albums ago, yeah, but I keep coming back this. with a jewel for you. Yeah. It was cool when you're talking about spending money crazy and just throwing money in the right. air and popping bottles and paying bitches and shit. Oh, that's cool. But when you talk about money, like real money, making money work, oh, you trying to talk down on us because we ain't got a million dollars. You don't know what to do with your time. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, you got to just, just listen to people that, that's been there, that's doing it. And try to take them jewels and run with that shit. Right. Stop trying to tear a motherfucker down because you don't understand it. Because you don't get the shit. You don't get it. With your dumb ass. With your dumb ass. How long are you going to stay stupid? For I real? mean, we always say, prepare yourself to receive the blessing. That means prepare yourself for whatever opportunity arises. That means be well studied on your, on your subject. Be knowledgeable about the issue coming in hand. This is game. Now, he told you you need to invest. Now, you should go to Google because that's your best friend. Go to Google, see what the investment is. You can start off small. You can do penny stocks. You can do $5 stocks. You don't even have to do stocks. You can buy things that are worth more than just a Gucci belt. 
Yeah. Gucci belt does not accumulate wealth. At all. At all. At all. Now, if you bought uh, a painting by maybe even a local artist that's maybe on the rise. Mm-hmm. Maybe you buy a painting from them for ten dollars. Shout out my cu- uh, my uncle Bernie Staggers got a nice art show in Chicago. Shout out. Say if you buy uh, one of his paintings, uh, it might be a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You bought this painting, but in the two, three, four years, this painting is no longer just worth two hundred. It's worth six hundred dollars now, yeah. and the price keeps going up. It's called appreciation. Yeah, you gotta get your life together. Quit doing this material shit, and then you want to leave something for your motherfucking kids. Basically, if something go wrong, God forbid. Guess what? You remember when Dad bought this Bernie Staggers painting? It was only worth two hundred dollars. Now it's worth a million. Yeah, there you go, right there. You got something to take care of your family. And the thing is, like you know, the other cultures they teach their their youth these things. It's embedded in them. Like you know, white people teach their kids about stocks and bonds. Right. They understand that game. And then when you start talking about black people about stocks and bonds, like I ain't trying to lose my money. If I if I ask you to give me a hundred dollars, and then five months later I give you a hundred fifty back, right. would you do it? Right. But y'all understand that. And see know? the. The thing where it got fucked up at, in the, you know, the late 90s, they was doing their big budget videos and everybody popping by the showing money. The youth got raised thinking, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. And right. these same youth are having kids and repeating the fucking process. Yeah. This is not about just what I'm finna make rain in the club. It's the stupidest shit ever. It's the stupidest shit ever. And now you're gonna be looking like Mayweather, you can't pay your taxes. And this is what pisses me off about the shit because. At first, you was like, Jay-Z never says anything about the black movement. He don't do nothing about black people. He don't say nothing. He always talking about money and bitches and money and shit like that. But now that he's saying something, like, oh, now he want to say something about it. You motherfuckers never happy. Never happy. Like Michael Jordan, he never said nothing about police brutality or the black plight. Right. And when Michael Jordan finally says something, oh, finally he says something. Nigga, do you want it what or not? What do you want? You you like asking a female uh, what you want to go eat. Anything is fine. Yeah. So as you get to something, I don't really want this. It's never fine. It's never fine. It's never fucking fine. Just appreciate motherfucker doing something who does not have to do something. And do he not. has the same look as you. Like, come on, man. Just support a motherfucker who's trying to do something. For real. Get off your motherfucking high horse. I promise you, we all suffer. We all going through it. I don't know no motherfucking... Well, I know millionaires, but I know none of you local motherfuckers millionaires. Mm-hmm. I know you know who I'm talking about. You niggas out here studying in front for the gram. You're not millionaires. Yeah. Once that bottle of Ace of Spades is open, it's open. It's done. It's done. That's it. It's done. It's a wrap. And champagne don't it don't get better with time. It's not fine wine. Yeah, it's just champagne. I hope that we don't pull money out over here. You don't pull the money out of here. Hell, matter of fact, you can buy a good bottle of wine and it'll appreciate over time. Yeah, you gotta learn read, do your research. Listen, God damn it! When somebody give you the game, don't just turn your head thinking somebody trying to be better than you. They try to educate your dumb ass. Facts. What's your dumb ass? You got me mad over this shit. It just pissed me off, man. Like, I mean, and it's something that I think hip hop needed. Right. It's something that our culture needed. 
and people just pissing on you it. You crave the truth. You crave that real shit. But when it's delivered to you, your punk ass runs scared. You, you duck and dodging. Think Can't find to, you when he's talking about this real talking shit. Talking down to you. People saying, right. Jay-Z start off, he was selling dope. That's how he got his money. Was well, fucking sell dope then, nigga. Do if you want to get some money, with tell you how ass. to use your money. Right. Hey, I don't care how you get your money. Just make it use it right. Use it right. God damn. Quit tricking just to say I tricked. You sound stupid. Very much so. Dumb ass. Nah. Oh, hey, like it was my guy time today. I was about to say I'm off of it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm officially off. I'm not talking about none of this shit no more on social media. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm not, done with I'm it. Man, you sound no stupid. More. Whenever whenever I see whenever I see that shit posted for now, I'm just put them side eyes up like this motherfucker. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm gonna do. And I'm just leave. Put one emoji. Go. Yeah. Dumb ass. Anyway. Shout out, shout out, shout outs. I want to start off by giving the biggest thank you, humblest appreciation to Fred. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah. And thank you for kicking off this summer 17. Uh, it was a humble, humble beginnings. Shout out I'm something else and making that come together. Bro, you did a great job on that interview. That was your baby. You put that thing together right. I appreciate you for real, for real. Right on. That was dope, man. Salute to you for even putting together the interview uh, with you and your homegirl. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. y'all I- did that. I just want to send a shout out to first and foremost Fred for doing it. I appreciate that. Right. Uh, Vanessa Abram. Uh, shout you out Vanessa. MVP, uh, for holding down, just giving us the opportunity. Uh, everything was dope. Your t shirts is on the way, I promise you. Uh, Sap Africa, your t shirts on the way, I promise you too. I see lies. <laughs> <laughs> lies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm for real though, man. I'm for real though. But yeah, real talk, man. I appreciate uh everything that, that, that came about. Uh it was a dope experience, to yeah. say the least. I wanna give a shout out to Vanessa. She got an event coming up. Um it's in Chicago. Chateau Uh on July twenty sixth, social media and bloggers, bees, uh meet public uh relationship pros. So it's like a uh you know, bloggers and socialites coming to with PR people, getting your name out, uh, you know, networking, rubbing elbows with people who's doing right. the same thing. So it's in Chicago. Man, I don't want to go to that. Uh, I'm going to be there in 695 August. North Milwaukee Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, Vanessa Abrams, she got uh, an event going on. So if you're in the Chi-Town area, go check it out. One time for Vanessa. I appreciate it. Chi-Town, stand up. I might see if I can fuck with it though, man. I got too much going on right now, but it's so much going on. I'm going to Chicago in August, so yeah, it's it's gonna be too tight for me. That's the long drive, turn around, come right back, yeah, and then do the show. Yeah, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We're working on it though, you know. Yeah, no, you know, we asked to be busy. We got our wish. (laughs) So shit, salute. Um, any other shout outs? Well, that's all I got, bro. Alright, so I guess this is the point we're going to announce next week's guest. Okay. Um, I want to send a shout out to my boy, the the man, the milf, the legend, the everybody cool guy, the friend, the man I really need to be, try to be, but he already doing it. 
Cause he's that awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out Dukes to Gall gonna be on the show next week, baby. One time for Duke. Duke ready for the show too. That's he, said, he said, I'm here for this. Let's get in. Let's get in it. He said, No, no topic is off limit. So if you know Duke and want to ask him a question, feel free to write in to the power lunch hour at gmail.com. That should be good. This is gonna be good. Right in. We'll ask Duke any question you want. He said no limits. Yeah. So you know, write in to us. Text me. Call me, send it in voicemail, send a smoke signal up, send one of Mike Tyson's pictures. <laughs> That's an owl. Yeah, it was an owl. Boom, boom. I can't do the bird man. Just stop it. Just stop. Just, okay. Just stop it. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was horrible. It was horrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was it Charles Barkley. It was terrible. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One time for Kim, man, uh, holding us down with the with the pre pregame uh, uh, test runs. Shout out Kim, yeah. we needed you. That was right on time. She's a real MVP, man. You the real MVP. I need your laptop for real. That mic on your laptop is awesome. <laughs> it, it, it goes hard. You hear a gnat fart. I'm trying to tell you quickly. Yeah. Uh, anything else? What I'm what I'm forgetting? Anything? Any other announcements? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll announce the next guest at the end of next week's show. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. Um, next week, also, Epiphany is having his listening party. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Uh, sticky Fingers. Yeah. It's free. That's always good. Always good. It's free. You got no reason. Come listen to the album. It's a dope album for free. Come out. Sports Boy. Epiphany is going down and it's free. Did I say free? I think you said free. It's free. You might as well go check it out. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think so, man. Yeah. Shout out my boy Dante called in the act app, breaking record sales. It's a great app. Check it out for real. Caught in the act. Find it in the Android Play Store. Two ninety nine. You're going to be so happy to have it. You finally know what's really going on with your phone when you go take your shower. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anything else? No, Playboy. That's all I got. All right. As always, it's such a pleasure for y'all to join us. I appreciate each and every last one of you. When you come up to me on the street or I see it out in public, like I know you from somewhere. I know where I know you from because I recognize your face, but I don't say shit. Like, I don't know where we know each other from. You got a central? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, charging my head, not my heart. Yeah. It's a lot of you motherfuckers, and I'm proud of it. All right, it's your boy, Corey Doseki. Yeah, it's your next door neighbor. I'm something else. And thank you for joining us for another show. Right in the Power Lunch Hour at Gmail for all you fix my life. I got time today, cuz. Yeah. We here for you. All right, that's it. We out. Love you. For sure. Shot. Tip your bartender.